0: <laughs> and I was Hello. <laughs> Two. Uh, yep.
1: Welcome to episode 9 of I Only Like Their Old Stuff.
0: The
2: music uh, episode.
1: The long awaited music episode.
2: That is sure to disappoint.
1: <laughs> yeah, we've really built this up too much. There's no way it could. It could.
2: Uh, well, it's gonna be fun see. for us.
1: It is. I think it's
2: gonna you be fun. You know, to be honest, here's the thing. You and I, really, we both like music, and we both have our own kind of taste in music. It's not the same taste, um, but I don't think you and I have ever sat down to discuss music uh like this, uh, in this format.
1: Not really. We've spoken about specific albums, and our musical tastes overlap a lot. Um, they do. and And we cross-pollinate a lot on that. That sounded yeah. real uh, sexual, but... Yeah, we, uh, well, we we do, do cross pollinate the hype, so it's uh yeah. We've talked about specific albums and things like that, but not ever this much that we're going to talk in this podcast that we haven't recorded yet.
0: <laughs> now
1: everybody thinks we recorded it ahead of time and just taped this intro, but. Uh, We're we'll gonna start out by making us- <laughs> We don't a,
2: care nearly that much to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, really. We don't have time for all that. Mm-mm. We'll start out with an apology that we didn't record last week and then we didn't record the week before last week. Before the week before last week.
2: Two out of three weeks we've missed and it's a shame because here we are really trying to build our listenership. And, uh, you know, you can't be doing that when you're, when you're trying to get some listeners. You can't be taking weeks off.
1: Well, things happen, you know, but we got a special announcement to make right now that, uh, we've decided that nine episodes is enough. And this is, uh, this is the last episode. I do like their old stuff, so. Getting...
2: <laughs> news, to, news to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: I thought we had talked about this.
0: No, you I'm, mean,
1: I'm gonna cue up the song for us. And now we've come to the to end, end of the road. road.
2: No, I, I can't, can't let go. You belong to
1: me. belong to me. Uh,
0: and we go <laughs> to the end
2: no, of, the of the road. road. <laughs> I Isn't there
1: a spoken word part of that where he's like, I just, I miss you.
2: Yeah, it's the bass um, guy. The one with the cane. I miss you so much. Baby girl, please come back to me. Yeah. Yeah, well. I, it's not our last episode.
1: No, it's not. I just made okay. all that up to try to garner uh, fake sympathy so that people wouldn't be so pissed off that we missed a week. Mm. So just, uh, you know, it's. Shitty that we missed a week, but be thankful that we're not canceling the show. <laughs>
2: that. In fact, next episode, uh, season ten will be the end of season one. I <laughs> like your old stuff, and starting with season two, we're only going to be charging two ninety nine per episode <laughs> on iTunes. Although you can listen to it for free on the website.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, we're not doing that either.
0: Mm-mm.
1: That's a lie too. We're just live night. tonight. Okay, well we've already burned up like an hour of the show time. So
2: yep. It's time. You know, when I was, um, I, you know, I went oh, to no. here. We go. <laughs> uh, it's a little Sunday night. We're recording this episode on Sunday night to be sure that we get it up on Monday in enough time for, you know, people to get to it. And um part of that I think is out of our shared guilt for missing last week after we had missed one week before that. And, um, it's different to record on a Sunday night. I'll tell you that it's a little bit more relaxed in my smoker's jacket, <laughs> uh, which I don't I'm, have any pants on right now. I've got my evening pipe um of of apple scented uh tobacco not not really um anyways, no, so I was driving down to the beach and back, and Mackenzie, as we have mentioned, does not really listen to the podcast, but um, she wanted to listen to it. And so we listened to like two or three episodes and um, we say a lot of the same things over and over again. So I'm going to do my best and I'll share this with you, Joey, um, not to, I can't even, now that I'm saying this, I can't even remember what it was. We always talk, we always talk about going too long. We always uh, make fun of the people listening to us, which is probably not a good idea. After I I thought about this because McKinsey brought it up. She was like, will you stop making fun of the people listening to you? Hey,
1: it works for Conan O'Brien. Tell her to get down off her high horse. <laughs> she listens to one episode, and suddenly she's an expert on podcasting.
2: <laughs> oh, man. And there was one other. I can't remember now. I'm about- <laughs> glad
1: you were paying attention to her when she was
2: telling me <laughs> you that. Uh, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> No, we ain't, ain't going to be riding in the car for that long until next year when we go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> going to go all the way back to the probably the best episode we're ever going to record, which is episode nine, the music episode.
1: Um, So you want to roll into number one fan now? The, yeah. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and kick this off here. Uh, our number one fan comes out from outside, another fan from outside our circle of friends. We're starting to get some more fans. Collecting more fans, that are finding us, I guess, through iTunes searches and stuff, um, yeah. which is cool. And uh, this is a, a guy that uh, I think he's a high school student. In, yeah, uh, he's sixteen. Yeah, in California, his name is Clave. Clave. Clave or Clave, we haven't decided. I think we're going to go with Clave because it sounds. I'm going with
2: Clave. Clave. I, it, I sounds to like, it sounds late. like a like a, a boot. It's like oh, you got those new claves.
1: I think, I like Clave because it sounds like a, a metal band that never and quite made it.
2: He does like metal.
1: And he loves metal.
2: He so. loves it.
1: But, uh, our boy Clave, 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 he's a pretty cool guy. He's been writing us some emails and stuff, following us on the Twitter. He actually started a Twitter account so that he could follow us. Which is which, awesome. And blows my mind.
0: <laughs> but,
1: you know, but this, is, this is not the purpose of Twitter. Is not really to follow <laughs> us. Like we're a side note, you know, in the Twitter universe. But um, the other thing that, that. is uh, unique about him is he—he's a cartoonist. He draws his own comics. And uh I was like, he sent us a link to him, and I was like, uh I'm gonna prepare to be underwhelmed by this. And I'll yeah. just say, oh, thanks for the link, you know, but I went to the link and read his comics and I, they're actually really good. They're like autobiographical and they're funny and they kind of well, have a American splendor feel to them. They're kind of, uh, slices of his life, I think.
2: I'm, I'm trying to pull up the, um, I favorited it. Here it is.
1: Um, we'll put the address in the show notes because it's okay. kind of a, a long,
2: yeah, it's a WordPress yeah. one. The thing was, yeah, I mean, here what I thought was, okay, dude dude emails us, sixteen year old Sacramento, California, right? And he's like, Yeah, I'm an aspiring comic book artist and uh I'm looking forward to the music episode because I really like music. I wonder if you guys are gonna be talking about some heavy metal and he lists some bands and stuff like that. And like I to be honest with you, I didn't even click the link that he gave us. In the email for the comics, Yeah. because I was like, I don't want to, I don't want to judge here, you know. And I know <laughs> yeah. that if I go, I'm gonna be like, it's gonna be like real emo, like you know, you'd like, be like
1: oh, oh no, yeah. yeah like, oh, see, I expected it. It to be like my my best friends in high school drew a comic strip that was popular amongst our friends called Dick Man and Throbbing.
2: A classic
1: (laughs) classic in its time, which actually would probably still be pretty funny. And it was actually fairly well drawn and stuff, but you know, (laughs) I just figured to be like impressed on that level of it. Like, oh, he's this kid that just thinks he can draw some comics and stuff, but actually his comics are really good and they definitely, um, he said he's influenced by, uh, Robert Crumb and some of our other artists that kind of do autobiographical stuff and are real cartoony style comic book artists, and uh, I really like it. It's Simple, and he's—you can see if you look at his earlier stuff, his old stuff, if you will. It uh, he's, <laughs> his skills have progressed a lot over time, and he's really—he's getting better. I hope he sticks with it. I want to see his next stuff. And uh, yeah, because
2: the thing is, the last one came up in April, so like I'm ready for another one, Clov.
1: Yeah, throw it out there. Apparently, he's been going to comic book conventions and stuff and selling his stuff. But the most hyped thing about it, and the thing that really put him over the top, he was already going to be number one fan, and then he drew a picture of us, which I was yeah. going to suggest that he do because yeah. you know, vain like that. But he he did it on his own, and it is incredible—the likeness uh, of us.
2: Uh, speaking of vain, I actually made it the background to my computer. Well, there <laughs> you
1: go. I mean, it's that good, and uh. It, I was really blown away by it and so I'm flattered and we're gonna put that a link to that image. I've already sent it out on the IOLTOS Twitter so the four of you that follow that, um, which includes Clave, um, you've already seen it, but we will throw it up there again and that'll probably start being showing up other places, so
2: Yeah, the um yeah, no, it's cool. And I did wind up I mean you told me, uh, no, the shit's actually legit. So I went and looked at the comics. It was um yeah, I mean it's cool. Uh, I enjoy him, and um, congratulations, Clave, on being legit. Uh, yeah, he's
1: he hyping it up to his friends and stuff. And
2: the, he did say in parentheses, "those who will listen," which yeah. is probably like that one friend of his that isn't really his friend. It's like on the fringe of his friend yeah. group, you know, trying to be in. And he's like, "Oh yeah, for sure, Clave. I'll read that right now. I'll listen to it now. I got it on my iPhone."
0: Yeah. <laughs> Definitely.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Try um, to get in.
1: No uh, no hit number one hater this week, because nobody was hating on us. Um, nice. but we did have a follow-up, though. The
2: Actually, guy no, from, time, uh, out, time out, time out, We do have a number one hater <laughs> this week. I just realized it, uh, because we did suffer some hate after not uh, posting another episode last Monday. Uh there's a good friend of ours over in uh London, England. His name's Owen Evans. I'll give you his uh social I don't even know if he has a social security number. I guess he doesn't. He lives over there. But uh, I'm not familiar with whether or not he has one. (laughs) Either way, uh he he posted out reply to us on Twitter. He said we're weak. And um if anybody knows that man is full of hate. He's, he he's weak really himself, pain. physically weak. He is weak, and he has,
1: <laughs> he has a lower back tattoo.
0: <laughs> so. I was not gonna say that.
2: <laughs> oh, that's bad news. He does tell me on a regular basis, um, that, cause he's coming, he's gonna be in, in my wedding if he can make it over. And uh, he said he's going to fight me on my wedding day, and he's going to beat me up on my yeah, wedding yeah.
1: day. He better beef up yeah. a little bit. He has taken MMA or something, but <laughs> another another good selling out Owen story. Uh, Owen was checking out my girlfriend's blog and reading some of her entries and stuff, and he said that he he really liked it, and but he said that he he figured that uh, that geeks probably really liked her a lot because of the stuff she posts and the pictures she posts and stuff. And so I told her that, and she was uh, she started laughing. And she said, "Oh, that's that guy from Facebook, right?"
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, I can't
1: he believe he's her? calling someone else a geek.
2: Did he? Did he friend mm-hmm. request her on Facebook?
1: I don't think so, but I she's um, seen the picture. I have a picture of Owen in my Facebook uh, account, oh. and so she saw that, and she's like, "That's that." I think she that said guy. that dangerously skinny guy or something. I don't know what she said, something like that. But she, she said something along the lines of, oh, I can't believe he would be calling anybody a geek. He's
2: so pissed right now, and he can't do anything about it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> That's another thing. A lot of my friends are like, well, I really want to be on the show. And a lot of it is because, I guess, like, because when you're listening, you want to interject something, yeah. you know? So, uh. Well, you can't be
1: friends. You can't be on our show. That's ours. Get your own show. Um, uh, that, uh Another little bit of housekeeping here, if I may, real quick. Yep. Yeah, um Yep. Yeah. We got a new female listener this week, which is always uh, notable.
2: Actually, we got two. But Did can, we? Yeah. Oh, Mackenzie too, yeah. No, but I'll wait till you're done.
1: Okay, well, anyway, uh, Margie, who is, uh, our buddy Spencer's babysitter. Uh Spencer got her to listen to the show and she's listening to it now and she listened to the cereal episode which I was going to look up the number of that. I don't remember. It's number episode
2: 5. 5,
1: yeah. Yeah, where we we ranked the hierarchy of cereals and I got a text last night from her that said, uh Cinnamon Life, where does it rank? Is it before or after Kicks?" Oh boy. But and she she, she explained her standing on it. She's like, "It looks like regular life, but if you look at it closely, it's got the little sugar crystals all over it." Mm-hmm. And uh I have had the cinnamon life, and I'd say that it ranks more towards the awesome side than kicks.
2: Uh, ah, it's just incorrect
1: the awesome side of, of kicks.
2: Incorrect in my book. Really? Here's why. Okay, there's three things that can make me gag, and I'll and I'll go further into it as far as food is concerned. And one of them is soggy bread. Okay, and what uh, I. Yeah. All life life gets is, It gets soggy real quick. You can't eat that fast enough. You may as well be eating it without milk because it gets soggy in, instantly. It's, as quick as the Rice Krispies snap, crackle, pop, life gets soggy.
1: That's true, but uh, it, that doesn't bother me as much. So and Chicks uh,
2: uh, sure. is
1: very uh, disappointing to me and oh. I think is a poser cereal, so I'm going to put it on my hierarchy. It's closer to the awesome side of the scale.
2: The the other two things that will make me sick, as far as food is concerned, are warm milk, which is probably the least uh, of the threats, but the biggest threat is uh, canned asparagus. And Oof. in fact, we were sitting down to dinner. The whole family there were like twelve of us sitting down to dinner at the house at the beach, and uh, people brought it. We were eating some asparagus, and somebody brought up canned asparagus. I literally had to get up and leave the table. Yeah, because I thought I was gonna I thought I was gonna throw up. I can't even. I can't even talk about it. That much thank goodness I'm finished eating now. So,
1: yeah, we don't want you puking on the podcast.
2: The other uh the other listener that we gained this week was um our buddy uh Lopo. Um he originally hated the show. He listened to episode 1, thought it sucked and told us it sucked. And uh and that we're, you know, basically that we're miserable horrible people and we should stop doing what we were trying to do and then he had to stay home from work a couple weeks ago because he was sick and uh wound up (laughs) he must have been really bored (laughs) because he wound up listening to our shows and so he liked him so he wound up getting his mom uh to listen to our shows. so kathy welcome to i only like their old stuff thanks for listening
1: I'm i'm sure she's cooler than lofo is she, um, she,
2: yeah, no, it was real fun. Love photo. I go wait, but he's actually the oldest friend that I have, not in age, but we go back farther than anybody else that I know. And we got to be friends in third grade. So I went over to his house to spend the night, like a lot from the time I was in third grade all the way up until like, you know, middle school or high school or whatever. And, um, we would stay up real late at night once we got to middle school and, yeah. um, And we would call, not QVC, but the local QVC, you know, like the local television. Shopping network, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we would see how long we could stay on the phone with them. It was like a little competition. (laughs) And we would, uh, like, ask questions about the product they're selling, and we would, like, ask them to manipulate it on the screen. Because there's only, like, five operators. And so you could hear them, like, yell At the person that's trying to sell like the watch or whatever and be like, they want to see the back of the watch. You know? (laughs) (laughs) So that's like one of the fondest memories. You'd see it on TV. Yeah. Yeah. And it was at Lopo's house that we, um, we, we would rent the VHS tapes of uh, Ultimate Fighting Championship back when it was like before it even got to the double digits, you know, like one one through 10. Um, with Dan Severn and Tank Abbott and all these old guys, where there was like the only two rules were no eye gouging and no biting. Hmm. So, I mean, there were guys like repeatedly punching each other in the balls and stuff like that to try to get them to submit. and They wouldn't do it. Um, and uh, and that was also where I saw Akira for the first time, it was over at Lopo's house. So. Wow. Yeah.
1: Speaking of getting kicked in the balls, I kicked myself in the balls this morning somehow, getting out of bed. <laughs> And you know how you you know how when you get hit in the balls and it makes you feel like you're uh, going to throw up?
0: <laughs>
1: and you don't know whether to stand up or sit down or cry or yeah. what, yeah. you know? I had that moment there while I was just getting out of bed. Somehow I like got my leg folded under me and I like healed myself in my balls. <laughs> <laughs> and I had that sick feeling and yeah,
2: yeah. that happened to me that I came home uh from running to errands today and the dog, you know, one one it would be a dog and jumped right on me and, uh, you know, front two paws. Yeah. So I, I know from very, very recent experience that sick feeling of nausea.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you just sit on them wrong and it's, happens. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's awful. That's just so awful.
2: <laughs> you need to start wearing some tidy whities. <laughs> I should
1: start wearing underwear, I guess. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Okay,
1: well. We go. Well, I feel like we've we've done enough talking about ourselves. <laughs> Nobody's listening. To, this is going to be a, the first four-hour episode of I know, Like Their Old Stuff. But you missed a week, so we can go ahead and roll that on yeah. over. It's so roll over minutes.
2: Okay, oh, so. those minutes are bad. <laughs> <laughs> trying to, trying, quit trying to sell these minutes. These, minutes are, these are not for sale.
1: Let me say can I just talking about commercials I know this isn't about music but real quick <laughs> I, I, I'm my, I'm sort of like socially offended that all these fast food restaurants are using uh midgets or I guess the term is little people in their uh commercials for tiny sandwiches cuz it's real popular now for the fast food restaurants to have tiny burgers and tiny chicken sandwiches and I know that Burger King and Jack in the Box are both doing these commercials where these like little people are dancing and singing about how they love little things. Wow! And it just seems kind of like wow. That's I mean I don't know maybe that's a little too sensitive, but
2: unapologetic. No, I don't know. I don't think that is. I mean, like, I, oh I think well.
1: I, little people like little sandwiches, and the nothing nothing sells a little sandwich like a funny little person.
2: Oh, little people are funny. They're funny. Oh. Uh, I don't Let's know. So spend that's, millions of dollars to do that. Yeah, yeah wow. That's uh, I. I haven't seen. I haven't been watching much television lately, so I haven't seen those commercials. But
1: um, how embarrassing to be like a little person actor, and the only bullshit job you can get is singing about miniature chicken sandwiches on a Jack in the Box commercial, and dressed as a fun, They're dressing them all as like funny cowboys and farmers and stuff too.
2: How. How upsetting would it be to be an actor and the only job you can get is to be in a commercial? <laughs> true, I'm this is true, but... I'm uh, some more house cleaning. Okay, <laughs> this made me laugh. So, so McKinsey and I went to see Year One last night, uh-huh. and and this thing made me laugh harder than the entire movie. Okay, because that movie, as my buddy Robert said, is barely rentable. okay (laughs) Okay. it sucks it's i mean it's not that it sucks out loud it's just those like uh whatever so but we get in there early enough where they do like the 20 you know where they have like behind the scenes for various things and hyping it up and stuff (laughs) (laughs) guess who has a new show where he's the lead protagonist and it's so it's gonna be so bad it's gonna be so bad it's the cleaner Starring Benjamin Bratt. <laughs> what? Uh, episode seven when we had so we Tom talked about like,
1: Benjamin Bratt. So that's a real movie coming out. That's not a movie no, that came out. It's like It's not five a
2: movie. Ago. It's a fucking television show. Oh boy! Where this guy goes and he's like an interventionist, and he goes and he gets addicts and he gets them clean.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah. So okay. it's like you know they have that like docu style television show called Intervention. Yeah. This is just straight up like it's based on a a guy, a real guy, but it's straight up. It's like a scripted, you know, like drama show. Mm, Okay. So and one of the uh, commercials for it was like you have all these people saying their names and then saying whatever Benjamin Bratt's character's name is. And he's like, I'm such and such and so and so saved my life, saved my life. And then it goes through a montage of all the people that introduced themselves the last like 10 seconds. Each one of them goes, he checked me into rehab. He checked me into rehab. He checked <laughs> me into rehab. And it's like, wow, rehab is mm-hmm. seven people's lives these days. So
1: wow, that the oh. original the title of that show, the working title was canceled. But they changed it. <laughs> <laughs> canceled starring Benjamin Bratt.
2: The canceler.
1: Yeah, the canceler. <laughs> if you really want your show to get canceled quickly, put Benjamin Bratt in a. Oh, what it's true. What else has he been in? He left Law and Order like a greedy person, and man, well, maybe, he's gotten what he just, deserves.
2: Maybe just ask Mark Ruffalo. Why are
1: you defending Benjamin Bratt now? You're I, making fun of him. Like I, there's
2: weeks. one movie that I like Benjamin Bratt in. Okay, and I think he's real good. It's called Thumbsucker. Did you ever uh, see that? Uh, I didn't see it. It's worth writing and watching for sure. Put it on your queue. So. It's got it's got Vincent D'Onofrio in it. Oh,
1: I'm definitely gonna watch it then.
2: Do yeah.
1: That's my boy. Uh, so
2: it, the original title was Law and Order, Vincent D'Onofrio.
1: <laughs> VD, Law and Order, VD.
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that sounds like SBU. Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh.
2: Oh, so are we ever going to, do you want to do the music (laughs) episode? Low-hanging
1: fruit. All right, let's roll into it. We're into the main event here. So we're going to kick it off by, this has been brewing for a while. We're going to kick it off with some concert talk about some live shows that we've been to and stuff. Um, And I'm going to start out by explaining something. It's a sort of a philosophy I have about about going to live shows and the crowds you see there. And it's basically, there's four types of annoying people that I seem to encounter at every live show. And you've heard me talk about this groove.
2: I do, and I couldn't agree more. Well,
1: it's uh this guy, that guy, this bitch right here, and that motherfucker over there. Okay, and you have to say it like that. Um, and so it, it's the four types of people, representative. And before I get into that, let's let's put this in context. Groove and I live in the South. There's a lot of good things about the South. It's also a lot of questionable things about the South. Mm-hmm. I've never been to a concert outside of the South, and we're lucky when we get big-name bands or bands that are, like, that I would want to see down here. Um, and unfortunately, Southerners just do not know how to act in a setting such as a, a popular concert, you know?
2: I, and I would disagree with, with a specific caveat, okay? Okay. the The people that live down here, they do know how to act at a concert – it's just that they use, they know how to act at a southern rock concert, right? And right. they take that mentality to every other concert that they go to,
1: right? And I, I would kind of ex- expand on that a little bit by saying that they they tend to a lot of them tend to act like they think they should act based on what they've seen on TV.
2: Yeah, yeah, that one too.
1: Okay, so you know you got people like I'm just like I'm I'm over the whole like moshing thing and all that. Maybe that makes me seem old. That, but no, it, well, it, it seems not like not. such a parody nobody, of
2: itself. Nobody's ever into it. No, nobody, no, it's always like three
1: dudes slamming into each other,
2: and then everybody else like unwillingly gets pulled into it.
1: Right, and, like, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this Modest Mouse show that I saw a couple months ago. But there was crowd surfing at this Modest Mouse show, and there's a lot of bands that maybe I, I could be behind crowd surfing. I mean, I've been to a lot of bands, you know, uh that crowdsurfing was going on, but not at modest mouth. There's no. no need just enjoy it. watch the show. so the whole show I'm getting you know these like fifteen year olds uh converse all stars thrown in my face as they fall on their head inevitably every time, um which is really annoying and uh you could see it in the eyes of the band too. They were just kind of staring at the crowd like seriously people are <laughs> crowd surfing in our show. it's ridiculous um but anyway talking about that modest mouse show so i went to i took uh took my girlfriend maria to the modest mouse show and uh important note is that she has never been to a concert before
2: oh my god show
1: i don't know how she managed to avoid going to a concert all those years but it's amazing to me because wow wow um yeah, she's just, she's never been to a concert before. Which I think that going to a Modest Mouse concert is a pretty legit way to kick off your concert going career.
2: I would say if you are familiar with the music,
1: right? And she is. She's a Modest okay. Mouse. She likes she likes their old stuff. Okay. Um, that's one mention of liking their old stuff. Oh yeah,
2: that's right. I tweeted that. Yeah. yeah, if you're listening now, try to keep a tab of how many times Jiggas says I only like their old stuff or any derivation of that. Continue.
1: So, so going back to my four types of annoying concert people. Um, I'm gonna give a quick story about each of the four types because all four of them were there. Um, first of all, this guy um, was the guy that was standing next to me, and this guy tends to be the guy when you're at a standing room only show that stands a little bit too into your personal space. Yep. Because a standing room only show, you can't expect to like have personal space, but there's just a limit. And this guy was like all up in my space. He was he was like 16, I think probably, but he looked like he was about 12. And the thing that really made him this guy was that he was, uh, I think he was trying, uh, he was smoking a cigarette for his first time ever.
2: Mm. And mm-hmm.
1: trying not to look awkward. And I've never smoked a cigarette before, but I know when someone's looking awkward with a cigarette. Yeah. I don't know if that makes any sense, but.
2: No, they're still trying to figure out how to hold it.
1: Yeah, they're just like, he's just like holding it weird. And like, he obviously doesn't know what to do with it, but he wants everybody to see that he's smoking it and he's holding it right under my nostril basically <laughs> and i can't stand cigarette smoke i'm kind of allergic to it and i don't smoke i've never smoked a cigarette and so i'm just like this kid is just annoying so that's that's this guy
2: well there's i mean i i'm just going to i'm just going to throw in quips because i i'm you've got a lot to talk about here and i want to yeah. because i could take it a little bit off topic there because the smoking thing i'm an ex-smoker right i i don't smoke cigarettes anymore but i used to and like there's, like, the way to smoke a cigarette, how you hold it or whatever. But there's always, you know, this guy, wherever you're at, that tries to hold it some other way.
1: Yeah, and, yeah. and, and when you're in a crowd to... more so than ever, you need to be careful with your cigarettes so you, A, don't burn people, and, B, don't, you know, get it all up in somebody's face.
2: I'm not even talking about, like, at a concert. I'm talking about in general. This in guy yeah. will sit there, and he will try to pull his cigarette out of his mouth, like, underhanded with his thumb and his forefinger, and, yeah. like, hold it like that. Like, come wh- what? No. Just fucking smoke your cigarette, because... It's this you, guy. We're all impressed that you're smoking cigarettes, so. Yeah. And look at you. You found a new way to hold a cigarette. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait. It's not as efficient as the way everybody else does it. Continue. <laughs>
1: okay, so that was this guy. Uh That guy was uh what I like to call wear the T-shirt of the band to see the band guy.
2: Oh, wearing the shirt of the band you're going to see.
1: Yeah, and he was there, you know, because representing with his Modest Mouse shirt. And you, a band like Modest Mouse, is, uh it's an interesting crowd because you draw a lot of real fans that are like, holy shit, I can't believe Modest Mouse is playing here. And then the other side of the thing that you draw is like uh college kids who are like real fratty and stuff that have heard one Modest Mouse song and down,
2: uh, bro, yeah
1: i'm gonna go because i'm so indie i'm gonna go yeah. see this indie show and so you have this weird mix of like fans that totally nerd out on the music and these people that are just like i'm just gonna get fucked up and go to the modest mouse show i know one of the songs is awesome
2: Float on. Uh,
1: yeah float on. <laughs> yeah and so uh but you know it's, you have that guy who's the guy that wears the concert shirt um to and, the concert.
2: There's two different types of people that do that, I think. Because there's some people that like um that buy the shirt the day that they get there, you know, they show up and they go straight to the merch table.
1: They buy it and put and it on. They, yeah.
2: They buy it and put it on. Yeah. Like like they what did you did, were you not wearing a shirt when you showed up? Like yeah. why are you Yeah. Well, maybe doing the that band they,
1: see me and they'll be impressed.
2: Yeah. And then there's the other people who like wear the t-shirt of the tour from a long time ago, they definitely like their old like stuff. Like 1980, you know I mean? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, and YouTube like, there's boys, some, yeah. I would say that there's a couple bands where that's okay. Right. Because the, the, the fan base probably only has like five t-shirts, and four <laughs> of the five are from the tours where they went and toured with them and sold Kind Burritos. But we'll get yeah. to that. Continue.
1: Yeah, so there that guy was there. And there there was a couple of him, but you know, that guy in general. Um and and I'm going to skip over this bitch right here cuz that's the best one, but uh I'll I'll come back to it. Uh that motherfucker over there. Yeah. Uh was the guy that was uh in the pit. Okay? And to to explain this, uh we were at this weird place in this like warehouse where the show was at in Raleigh, and there was this pit area, and then behind the pit was this raised up kind of uh, riser kind of stage area with a rail around it that was separating it from the pit. Mm-hmm. we had gotten there early, and there was two opening acts which made for a really long night. We got there early and we decided well we're going to we're gonna camp out at the front of this riser area. we don't want to get down which, in the
2: pit time out because that makes you oh this guy. Yeah, right, right. This guy that shows up right as the door opens and just perseveres through the opening bands, not wanting to listen to them, and just waiting, and then gets upset when somebody else shows up late and wants to stand where he's standing. Exactly.
1: So we were standing up near, and we're going to get into that a little more in in a minute, but we were standing like there was one row of people against that railing, and we were behind them. Okay. Um, So we were up near the front of it, and we could see really well and everything, but we were, you know, and we were taking up as little space as we could and uh but that motherfucker over there was over in the corner of the pit. And he was some real fratty looking dude and he was there to just cause havoc. And the thing that pissed me off about him is he was he was just mercilessly uh mocking the opening bands. Oh. Um, which the opening bands were okay. The second one was really good, but the first one was eh, kind of alright. But I'm like thinking about these guys and maybe this says something about me, I don't know, but I'm thinking about these dudes, and I'm like, you know what? If I was in that band, I would be really stoked that I'm opening for Modest Mouse, yeah. and there's this motherfucker over here who's ruining it for me, you know? Yeah. So he was over there yelling, and the best part is when Modest Mouse did come on, he started a fight with his friends over there in the pit, like a legitimate fight. Nice. And Isaac Brock, the lead singer of Modest Mouse, he's a little bit, uh, mentally unhinged, you might say. <laughs> in the middle of a song, puts his guitar down, and sees this, he sees this fight, he puts his guitar down, jumps into the crowd, and breaks the fight up.
0: Booyah. And then
1: gets back on the stage and finishes the, 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 <laughs> uh, the song, so. That, so that was, that was this motherfucker, that motherfucker over there, and then we have, uh, my favorite, uh, at this show was th- this, this bitch right here.
2: This bitch right here? This
1: bitch right here. She, okay, so we've already established that we're up near the front of this railing thing. Yeah. And uh, almost as close to the railing as we can get. And there's no space in between us for anybody to get in front of us. And we didn't plan it for it that way. It's just like the crowd is like pushing, you know, and we're pushed up against it.
2: That's what happens when you go to the front. See, TV time out here. I'll go to a show. I go to tons of live shows. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't feel the need or the obligation to go to the front because I know I'm just going to get just just pressed on from behind uh, the the whole night through, and I don't like people yeah. bumping well, into me, so I stay we, I stay halfway back.
1: Yeah, we learned that lesson a little too late. We actually didn't mean to show up as early as we did, um, but we yeah. just wound up there early, and so we were like, oh, if we're here early, it's so tempting to be like, oh, I'm going to get up front there. Right. I'm going yeah. to. This is because it was as close as I. Have ever seen Modest Mouse before. Okay. We're standing there, and I, of course, as Modest Mouse starts, all the people that showed up late and drunk, they want to <laughs> get where we are. <laughs> so this battle,
0: Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! this battle
1: begins, okay? And these people are fighting and trying to get in front of us, and at one point in time, these two girls early in the Modest Mouse set pushed in front of us, and I, I just said, uh, seriously? And they just kind of turned, gave me the half turn, and they just walked away. Mm -hmm. So that worked, you know, but this bitch right here, (laughs) she came barreling through, pulling her three friends behind her, okay? Woo! Exactly. Maria and I are standing next to each other. They push us apart. This girl pushes us apart and pushes through, not pulling, she didn't get her friends through, but she pushed through and standing directly in front of me. And I've already established that there's not enough space here for another human body. Mm -hmm. She did not anticipate that there was a railing there. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so she's trapped there, right? But she is proudly standing there. Just she, She's she got her nose in the air. She's being a total snob, just being a bitch, you know?
0: Play float on!
1: Yeah, exactly, that kind of girl. And uh I just kind of, like, stood there slack-jawed, just kind of staring at her, and she could kind of see me out of the corner of her eye, I could tell, and she was just kind of gloating. And then I heard from my uh, right, where Maria was standing, I heard, uh, sort of quiet. Uh, oh hell no! <laughs>
0: Sh-
1: <laughs> and Maria, uh, she she shoved the girl. Um, <laughs> she shoved her w- with with both hands. Um, and she was she was like in, in full like a- aggression stance. Shoved the girl. The girl <laughs> lost her footing. And began to fall. And as she began to fall, granted all this is happening in like the span of three seconds, but uh, as she began to fall, she turned and I could see her face and I could actually see that smug look of uh, pride and uh, snobbery. Just her face, that that face just melted into a (laughs) pool of terror. And she suddenly went from thinking that she had stolen her spot there. To being absolutely terror, just the look of terror in her eyes as her eyes met Maria's, and she kind of looked at me a little bit out of the corner of her eye, like I was gonna do something to save her, and I just kind of looked at her like uh i won't hit a girl, but obviously my girlfriend will so <laughs> <laughs> she fell over and she didn't fall like she didn't get hurt, she didn't fall away over she kind of fell back on the railing. Yeah. And, uh, she got up and kind of, uh, br- brushed her pride off a little bit and, uh, led her, her three girlfriends away from us with a quick...
2: Oh my god! Oh, so-
1: and of course, you know, you know that as she was walking away, she's being all tough.
2: Wearing, uh, uh, wearing like... She sundae- would try that again.
1: <laughs> uh, you might not want to say that too loud.
2: <laughs> we'll
1: come back there. Oh um, hell no. <laughs> oh hell no. It wasn't, it was very calm actually. It wasn't like screaming or anything. It was just-
2: Calculated. Oh, oh hell no. I'm gonna- it push It was not her.
1: happening. And uh, it, she, people around us started congratulating Maria <laughs> and thanking her because these girls were causing problems for everybody around there and they were all, oh thank you for doing that.
2: Thank you for hey, doing that. Everybody around her was like 110 pounds and wearing scarves and t-shirts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and they um they, they were just we were in the meek section, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I was really I felt like I was proud of her, really, to be honest. Like I don't condone violence, but I was proud of her because I throughout the show I had been telling her, okay, well we're, we're up in the crowd, and you have to like stand your ground. You have to be tough if you're going to be here, you know, or you're going to get pushed out of the way. And for a while she was just kind of like watching as people pushed us, but then she took the initiative to really exert herself there. And luckily no one got thrown in jail. So
2: (laughs) That is, wow. Wow.
1: So, yeah, this Uh bitch right here.
2: This bitch right here. Well, there's another guy that, uh, I'll just go ahead and say this, because if I don't, I'll forget it, that um, probably gets on my nerves more than anybody else. Uh Um, And it's, it's the guy that knows all the words and wants everybody else to know it,
1: oh yeah, that's the see that that would fall under that guy,
2: yeah okay. it's, it's no he's okay. probably wearing the shirt of the band, yeah, and also singing all the words, but there's actually there there's two specific instances um where it's just it's almost gotten me boiled over to the point of where I wanted to get violent, and the good thing was I was very, very far away from these people one actually there's um Takeawayshows.com, I guess it is. I only know like, uh, this is even going to sound worse. I only know the French version of the website, but <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> the you only know their it. French stuff. Yeah, I only like their French stuff. The um the websites. I mean, it started in France where these guys. I don't even know who they are, what their deal is, how they get these opportunities, but they get some. You know, relatively unknown bands, whenever they come to town to, like, Paris or whatever, they get a hold of them, and they get, like, I mean, like, some of the more well-known are, like, The Shins, and uh, R.E.M. did a takeaway show, and, like, R.E.M. played two songs in a Volvo station wagon as they were driving around and they filmed this on their video cameras and they post them to the website. I've
1: seen that. You showed me that site.
2: Yeah. And then the shins, they like walked up to a diner and played outside of the diner and then went into a bar and played somewhere. And there's some other people, whatever, whatever. There's this one guy named Bon Iver, who is a tremendous musician. It's really good music, but a lot of it is like real sad or whatever. Like the story of like the album that he he's released that people can get their hands on. I don't know the name of the album. I've got it. Let me see. Well, as I'm telling the story, I'll see if I can get the name of it. But um he did a takeaway show where he sat in somebody's apartment for Emma forever ago. That's the name of the album for Emma, comma, forever ago. Yeah. And the story behind it is that he like he got dumped by this girl yeah. and he went up to like Minnesota and lived in a cabin in the dead of winter and wrote this album. OK, which yeah. is so you get like kind of the gist of, like, what the album is. Tunes gonna, his guitar to sad, yeah. Yeah, but, but it's real good music. It's, like, some of it's really good. And so one of the – so this takeaway show, there's, like, him and two other guys, and they're sitting in this person's apartment in the living room, and there's maybe 30 people just just crunched on – sitting on top of each other inside this apartment um, watching this little show. And they've got three of the songs, you know, on video or whatever. And this one song, man – it's my favorite song. And that's always when I notice that, you know, that guy that knows all the words that wants to sing them all. Um, during my favorite song, he's got to be the one singing louder than the guy that's actually played the song. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah and, um, yeah. and so it's it's from behind. They're filming from behind. And so you can see the crowd. And there's just this one guy that's just like literally singing louder than on a hybrid. He's over on the left. He's like sitting on a window so He's like swaying and singing with his eyes closed.
1: Yeah, and, hey, like, and he, oh, hes God, that he... guy because he wants people to know that he knows those songs. Yeah, he wants people. to Yeah,
2: because like hardly anybody else really knew who this guy was yeah. that was in the apartment. It seemed like, but he had to be that guy. I mean, and that, and you want to punch that
1: guy in the throat
2: when you see him? The, yes, yeah. directly in the just throat. Watch him just suffocate. Knuckles. Yeah. yeah, and then the other one, um, and uh, I guess. I'll lead into this or whatever, but um, I went to see Fish uh, about a week ago, uh, yeah. last Wednesday, and um, and we were with a bunch of people, whatever, it was real fun. My buddy Trey and I had um, the front row seats right behind the stage. Yeah. Okay, so our our view was uh, three bald spots and then Trey's red hair. And yeah. um and uh and the the acoustics were a little bit muffled, but one of the really cool things about the show was that we got to see what they saw yeah. uh, from standing on stage, and I tell you what I could not I could could not be in that band <laughs> see that every night. <laughs> just Nasty the, crowd, huh? the, the, It was just horrible. Like I mean, a leper it was, colony. It yeah. was funny, but it was bad. Blanked there was one the guy, tonight. man. There was one guy with a huge afro. And the irony is he works at the pizza parlor that I used to go eat at. Like I yeah. knew who this guy was. Is this a
1: guy that you tried to turn on to uh, explosions in the sky? Cold.
2: Oh no! Well, he was already playing explosions. Yeah, this <laughs> is the guy. This is the fucking guy. It looks said, "Oh, it congratulations! Rare. You listen to good music. He was there and he was singing every word to every fucking song. That guy.
1: He's, he's, his argument is invalid.
2: <laughs> I mean, he at least he's consistent." Yeah. You know, I mean, shit. I mean, he was on like the he first He was there, show. of course that guy was there. And he had his eyes closed for half the show too, just swaying.
1: And he just, that, that I imagine that just mildly ruining the show for you.
2: Having to <laughs> see
1: him the whole time and just noticing
2: that, him the whole show. Yes, that, I mean, like, just, I, I wound up watching him for half the first set. You know, just, just slack job. like you said, like, this is happening. Yeah. And there's so many. This was an indoor Coliseum show, and about half the crowd was wearing sunglasses.
1: Of course they were. Of course they were.
2: The the funny thing was, like, there was a lot of demand for tickets when this uh, tour was announced. And so all of us that went, we all bought as many tickets as we could get. Yeah. And apparently that's what everybody did. Yeah. Like 20,000 seats in this Coliseum in the Thompson Bowling Arena. And uh, people were bathing in tickets.
1: Really? There were tons of tickets. People people just made the mistake of investing in these tickets.
2: Mikey wound up giving five tickets to somebody for free.
1: Holy crap.
2: As we oh. were going in, as Trey and I were going in, people were passing tickets back in the line. Yeah. Like, Give it to somebody who doesn't have it. And I'm like, fucking dude. Like, people were standing outside, like, trying to sell these $50 tickets for $5. <laughs> awesome.
1: This pleases no. me.
2: <laughs> I'm sure it does. I was expecting you to get a lot of good stories from going to this show, but... Um, we wound up not really spending too much time in the lot or anything like that, and it had been raining all day, so we didn't get out on Shakedown <laughs> Street or anything like that. We, um, we did see Mike O. though, and he uh, has hair like Jim Halpert now.
1: <laughs> Does he? he? he, he, he Mike Jim O. is Jim Halpert. <laughs> he's dreamy Mike O. He's he's the dude.
2: Yeah, but um, yeah, so there was a lot of a lot of demand, but very. Uh, or, 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 yeah, it was false demand. The bubble popped. Yeah. People did not, uh, wind up making the tons of money that they expected to make on this ticket.
1: I had, did you, did you have any more stories from the fish show?
2: No, not any. I mean, no. Fucking assholes everywhere. Stinky. Yeah. There was a guy that got, that got arrested for having like, uh, uh, real bad, like, just like a very, very small amount of pot. Yeah, uh, in front of the show. And um, and Josh was telling me about it. The, the, I mean, the guy like apparently had thrown it away. But the ticket person was hollering at the cop like, you going to let him get away with that? <laughs> so the cop like had to do, you know, do all the paperwork and stuff like that. And like uh, yeah. we walk in and I thought I was going to get high just from a contact buzz. Yeah. I, so, yeah. That's the only so, dude who got caught. Yeah. <laughs> that guy. I mean, Because the thing, and we were driving back the next day, we were driving, we were driving east the next day, but the thing is that all the people going to Bonnaroo were driving west. Oh, no. Yeah, so we got to see several um, (laughs) canine units just introducing themselves to young hipsters driving west on I-40. So, what you been doing? (laughs) Yeah. Where you going? Oh, Manchester, here there's a little something going on there. (laughs) uh, that's
1: pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, I went to another concert last week, and that's why I kind of we're doing this show uh, about the music. It kind of inspired us to finally do it. Uh, I went to see Nine Inch Nails and Jane's Addiction on the uh, Ninja Tour.
0: Ninja Tour. Ninja. Ninja.
1: Um, and these are the, both these band. Like this show is like really kind of uh important to me, and I'm going to get into that later in the show. But uh it was an interesting crowd, to say the least. Um, you know, Jane's Addiction and Nine Inch Nails are both kind of a harder crowd, I guess, than you would see at some shows. Which, um, is debatable. Well, it, that's the thing, is that you and I went to see Nine Inch Nails in Knoxville. With Trey. Um, with Trey, yep. And, uh, I was expecting to be, uh, horrified by the crowd and annoyed by it, and it was actually one of the most polite crowds I've ever seen a show with.
2: Me, too. I mean, we're talking. Really nice people. <laughs> yeah, i
1: just snails. I want to fuck you like an animal, uh, and these people are like being considerate. And, and
2: I want to fuck you like an animal, but I'm gonna re- I'm gonna respect your personal space when we're standing in this. Place.
1: <laughs> exactly. God is dead. No one cares, but I care that you have enough space. So that
2: you shit.
1: it was nice, and it were like it was funny. It was it it wasn't a packed crowd, but it was like you could tell that most of the people there were like people that really were there because they liked the music. They weren't posing or anything like
2: that. Well, are you talking about the one we went to or this? are you getting back on The time? one that
1: we went to, that you and I. Okay, island.
2: because, yeah, here's the thing. Our buddy Trey is, um, he, um, from time to time, he will really enjoy, like, playing the goofball role. Yeah. And um and so we're getting ready for to to the show, and Trey's like, he puts on a tie-dye t-shirt. He gets as heady as possible yeah. before we go. And we're, like, going, and I have this, like, underlying fear that somebody's going to take it the wrong way and that we're going to have to fight our way out of the show.
0: Yeah, right. Like,
2: we're going to be surrounded. There is going to be a mosh pit and Trey's going to get thrown in it with his tie-dye and they're going to be like, "What?" you know. And there's going to be blood, and, and
1: mascara everywhere.
2: <laughs> and tears, <laughs> <just>, running mascara. <laughs> yeah. And uh no, nothing. I mean, there was a lot of um eccentrically dressed individuals at in the show. None of which could give a flip about T-Rob. <laughs> no, not like, at all. Not at like all. Like that <laughs> was weak compared to some of the knee-high fishnet boots that were going on there. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> it was a good show. And uh, if you ever get a chance to see Niagara Nails, you should because it's always like a real visual show and they, mm-hmm. they put on a good show. And, uh, Trey, it was interesting because Trey, I would say Niagara Nails is a fairly, uh, not, you know, it, it takes you a while, maybe, before you like them, or you have to really like that kind of music, or have an open mind about it. And, Real uh,
2: industrial.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that everybody would like Nine. I wouldn't expect everyone to like Nine Inch Nails, but Trey really enjoyed the show, or he, he said he did. But he
2: was he was surprised that he yeah, had a good time. It, well,
1: it was so cool because there was all these visuals and crazy stuff going on, and um, I don't know. It was just it was just a neat show, different than, than a lot of shows I've been to. But um, anyway, this Nine Inch Nails Jeans Addiction show I went to. Was an outdoor show and I was in the lawn section, which is the cheap seats. Which and, is awesome. Which is awesome and it's, it it can be for make for a really fun show. It was really packed though. Unless it um, rains. I saw some interesting people. A lot of that guys and this guys there. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to show you right now. Are not
2: you... not so many. This bitch right here. <laughs>
1: right. Right. Not so many. No. A couple, but not not so many. Yeah. Um, and I was tweeting furiously from that show. I don't know if you noticed that, but. I was just tweeting everything I saw. Um are are you in your Gmail right now? Yeah. I'm going to show you. I'm going to send you this link cuz I want you to see your reaction. The this one guy was a prison tat dude. <laughs> and,
2: uh, look it looks like he's choking his girlfriend. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you, you
2: see his tattoo there? That is ridiculous. is that a bandana on top of the skull?
1: Yes. It is it says "Seaman." That's what the tattoo says. "Seaman." I didn't think I would be able to get a picture of that, but I did. I snuck a little picture of it. And it is the tattoo is way worse than it looks there, um, and we're gonna put it in the show notes for all you people that don't yeah. have a uh, visual podcasts. I mean,
2: I could say that there's a tattoo of a skull with a red bandana and sunglasses on, but you wouldn't believe me.
1: It would well, and it would do it no justice. The steep man, and it's got like steep, and it's, the man is written in bubble letters like you would draw on your uh, notebook. Oh,
2: because and... I thought that was like two lines of. Cursive writing, but now it's, it's uh, like an optical illusion that really does say "man." A
1: lot of letters, and he had as shitty a tattoos on the other arm. And the interesting thing to me was, first of all, he uh, he decided that that tattoo is what he wanted. Um, <laughs> he would like that, and uh, maybe he was in prison and got it done there. Sure.
2: Well, uh, the time out because I'm still I'm still admiring this tattoo, this artwork going on. Is the skull? Is it looks like somebody drew it like with a pencil, and the nose part of the skull is horrible. But then he's got a butt chin. He's got like a dimple at the bottom yeah, of the skull.
1: it it is it is truly something you would draw on your notebook uh, in like sixth
2: grade. Fifth.
1: Yeah, fifth grade. I mean, it it is as sketchy looking as you think. It, it is way worse than it looks in this photo. Um, I wish I could could see it closer closer up, but um, yeah. And it says C C is in uh, quotations C man. <laughs> Yeah. So, he was in. so he he thought that that tattoo would be a good idea, and then he decided that uh, he should wear that shirt. And it,
2: <laughs> for those of you who can't
1: see it at home, uh, the shirt is a is like a sp- almost a spaghetti strap uh, sleeveless shirt. Um,
2: <laughs> but it's 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 a well, it's a tank top.
1: It's a yeah. It's a very minimal tank top. And uh, he was like, well, I, when I, when you got tattoos like these. Because he's showing off tattoos. Because he's got bird arms, really, for how how tall he was. He's got these little bird arms with these shitty tattoos on him. It's not like he's built. Mm -hmm. And oh well, my tattoos are shitty. Uh, Nobody's gonna mess with me.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. And so there. That this guy. um, (laughs) Another. This guy was a weird fist pump guy. (laughs) Uh, You know what I'm talking about. His only move at the show is fist pumping, weird, and kind of in up in your personal space.
2: And not even to the beat.
1: No, he's just fist pumping. Who knows what he's listening to? Um, awkward back pat, dude. Um, which
0: happens, <laughs> you know what I'm talking
2: about. Oh, we're at the same show, so we're bros. So as I pass you, I'm gonna pat you on the back, right, but not I'm gonna let go. You
1: know. It's weird that you go to these shows and you're standing there, and halfway through the band, and you're there to see. There's all these people moving around in the standing room only section.
2: Where the I'm fuck like, are they going?
1: Where are you going? They're not moving forward. They're moving laterally, back and forth through the crowd. And so this guy, he he, he wants to be polite. So thank you for that, but I don't really need you to slip your arm like up under my lower back.
2: That's the thing; they never pat you on the shoulder.
1: No, no, they don't. You know, it's like pat you on the shoulder to say, "Hey, I'm coming through." But it's like he's like doing rubbing my back a little bit, (laughs) you know. And it's just like he just thinks that's polite, and (laughs) and putting it just putting his hand like a little bit too low on my back. And I'm just like, oh, oh, but we'll go on through. Like, I don't want, I don't don't want anybody to touch me like that that I don't know. Okay.
2: (laughs) I don't even want McKenzie to touch me like that. (laughs) Yeah. It's
1: just shocking. You're like into the music and you're, it's, it always happens during your favorite song. And then this dude does that and you just get creeped out.
2: It totally pulls you out of the experience. Yeah. Um,
1: another guy that I like a lot, another, uh, that guy is, uh, shout during every solo and or quiet part of every song guy. Whoo! Woo! This guy is like his mental uh ability is very low. He's he's easily impressed by things and I can he's just imagine. One, yeah, this guy's he's,
2: the, he's operating the self-checkout at Lowe's Foods.
1: Exactly. He's the self-checkout guy at Lowe's Foods. Check the old episodes, folks. Um <laughs> he so he's just looking there, you know, and he he is just I can imagine him thinking this. Oh, oh, wait a second. Oh, the song is different now. Oh, it's different. There's no words
2: now. Woo! <laughs> Woo! I'm going to be heard right now.
1: Yeah, it, this is time to yell. The song is different. It's quiet <laughs> right now that people can hear oh, me yelling.
2: Oh, beat change. Woo!
1: Yeah, and so Solo Shout Guy, he yells during the whole solo, and you can't hear it. The only re- only reason you know there's a solo is because that guy's yelling, and when he stops, <laughs> you know the solo's over.
2: <laughs> oh, you're trying real hard to watch the screen that's up behind the yeah. band, uh-huh. so you can try to see what kind of notes are being played on the guitar, only yeah. because you can't hear because that motherfucker. Yeah, right.
1: exactly. And that guy, is sta- he's always standing right behind me, every time. Every show, he's standing right behind me. And I was just like, come on, man. Come on.
2: Um, <laughs> the guy with the sombrero is standing right in front of you. And the yeah. guy is right
1: behind Definitely, definitely. The tallest guy in the place will inevitably stand, and I'm pretty tall. And the, the the center for the New York Knicks will come and stand in front of me. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing at this show? What are you doing seeing Ice and James Addiction? You should be in New York. But you're standing in front of me. LeBron, uh, LeBron. Uh, another guy that I like. Uh, another that guy is uh, I only like their old stuff guy. This is the one. And uh, this is this is a good ch- time to talk about our podcast. Why we named it this? Because inevitably, you've all got these people in your life that only likes a band's old stuff, um, and it's kind of a metaphor for anybody that just likes the stuff that was made before it became popular. And it could yep. be movies or music or anything. But they're the ones that hate it when the band makes it big, and immediately, if a band starts making money, they they say that they've sold out, and it's sold out. It's not good anymore. Yeah. It's kind of it kind of comes from some place of jealousy, I think. Um that that the band has moved on and changed and left them behind. Yeah. And uh you see that guy at the show and he's like always muttering to himself. He's kind of mumbling uh how how disappointed he is during the, any of the new songs, you
0: know.
2: And like fine he he went online and found the name of the hidden track on like the second CD. And he's, like, hollering it, like, the most obscure song. Yeah, the song he, that they would
1: never like, think to play that they forgot they recorded, that's the one that he's yelling.
2: Yeah. Just so that he everybody knows he,
1: that he only likes their old stuff.
2: And he doesn't even want to hear that song.
1: No, he doesn't. He just wants everybody to know that he only likes their old stuff and their new stuff sucks. Um <laughs> Which I think that, I think any any of these artists that like, uh, if you see a band that have been around for a while and they don't play some of their old stuff, some of their hits that got them where they are, I think that that's really kind of shameful. But I like hearing bands play newer stuff too, you know? I like them playing what they want to play and being happy, you know? Yeah. and into the music. Um, well, and- it's
2: like, don't go, I mean, I can't even remember who it was. I think, I think it was Isaac Brock who said, um, who stopped the show, my, my buddy was at the show and, and there was somebody up there, you know, hollering at like, um, play, whatever, play, whatever, you know? And he stopped and he said, you know, a good way to hurt our feelings is to ask us to play a song from our old CD when this new one just came out and we're on tour trying to promote it.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: like, what don't fucking expect it. If the band is on tour and they just came out with the CD don't fucking try to get, come on now. Yeah,
1: they're going to play some of their old songs, but they're going to play some of the new stuff. And if you uh, have an open mind, you might like some of it. So
0: Maybe.
1: Um, Completely
2: rise yourself with the CD so that you know what's coming.
1: Yeah, get excited about some of the new songs. And the flip side of that is uh, I only know their new stuff person.
2: <laughs> uh, which at the
1: Modest Mouse show was the person that knows "Float On," which is the biggest Modest Mouse single, and also a very good song that unfairly gets categorized as like their sellout song, and uh "Dashboard," which was the single off of their latest album, which I didn't think was very good anyway, because uh, I like awesome. their old stuff. Um, but yeah, the, and you could tell that I only know their new stuff, people, because they were screaming the lyrics to those songs like they immediately were like a song that i know a song that i know
2: not the lyrics just the refrain
1: yeah right
2: yeah float on i know this
1: song (laughs) i'm so i'm validated i know this song um so yeah there we go there's a good rundown of the annoying people at concerts which Uh,
2: if you're one of those people change
1: yeah change your reaction think about the other people there Mm -hmm. um and heed our warning, other people, that I find as I get older, this is the case even more and more. Uh, as, as Groove said earlier, you may want to just stand at the back at the show. Uh-huh. I'm getting old enough to where I'm like the creepy old dude anyway, that shouldn't be at the show, really. Yeah. Um, so I, I need to start taking my place at the back.
2: Well, you know. There's that, I mean, but, I'll, well, here's the thing too, though, is it's like, where are you going? And, and you can see, Who's going for what reason? Um, by where they stand in the crowd, in my opinion, which is like the people that go because they want to like with their because they're like kind of obsessed with the celebrity of the band. Yeah, they get as close as they can. Um, period. Because they just want they just want <clears throat> to see them. They want to see them and get as close as they can and get pictures and stuff. And then there's the, you know, some people that are going because they want to hear the music, you know, and like yeah. enjoy it, and and they're standing a little bit further back. That's self-referential, a little hype hype up on myself there. <laughs> <laughs>
1: there you go. You got to give yourself some credit every now and then, yeah.
2: You know. Um, yeah, so we did have a follow up, by the way, from that guy Stephen in China. Thanks for emailing back. I can't. He apparently listened to more than one podcast. Like, oh you know, yeah, I was going to mention that earlier. Really, yeah. yeah,
1: it wasn't it wasn't a spam as we thought it was. So if mm-hmm. you listened to the other episode, the the guy that we were saying was a, a spammer and a robot and not a real person, he wrote us and was a little hurt.
2: He, he said, Uh "I'm humbled and proud to be number one hater, and I don't have a girlfriend." <laughs>
1: Yeah, good well, I kept saying, uh, I-, "I wish that you would check out my lovely girlfriend," which yeah, is a I'm common a girlfriend uh, spam comment. Yeah. So there's that. We got through the music, uh, the concert thing. So yeah. uh, you wanted to talk about some other music topics, right?
2: Groves? Yeah, there's a couple other topics. <coughs> um, I'll, I'll throw these out. Do you uh, do you buy? How do you how do you come across music when there's something that comes out that you want? How do you get it?
1: Um, it depends on what it is, and my habits have changed now than well, how they were before. I mean, obviously, in high school, we didn't have any of this MP3 stuff when I was in high school, yeah. and so I would buy CDs, and I'd buy like a CD every week, and I'd buy them from like I'd go to the used record store a lot, uh, yeah. and get used stuff. But now, as uh as I got into college, uh, Napster got prolific, and Napster was like the heyday of downloading. Um, you could yeah, find anything that. then. It was like mm-hmm. the golden age, and uh, I w- I stole a lot of music during that time.
0: <laughs> I stole,
2: stole a lot of music. Couldn't afford
1: any music because I was back poor. The, College. Oh, kid.
2: I was back. I was back there. I was stealing a lot of music back then. Stealing
1: that music, just just Gee breaking man. the law. Yeah, breaking the law. Uh, but yes, yeah, I, I stole a lot of music back then, and I was all like, oh screw them, I'm not going to pay for any music, I'm just going to take it, and, you know, like, that sort of thing. And as I've gotten older, and I've seen what some friends of mine that are in bands have gone through, I uh, I try to buy music when I can. Uh,
2: yeah. How I, do you buy it, though?
1: How do I buy it? I prefer to buy it from uh, Amazon.com and download yep. it from there, because it doesn't have the uh, digital rights management stuff on it. So basically, yep. you can do what you want to with it, put it on mixtapes and everything. Um yeah. I prefer that to itunes it 's also about ten cents cheaper a song,
0: yeah,
1: and so I do that and I look Amazon is really cool because they 'll do deals when an album comes out if it 's something that 's got some hype behind it they 'll sell it for three ninety nine and so that 's like a no brainer like i 'll drop four dollars on an album of ten songs. no problem yeah,
2: yeah. what about e music Talk to me about e music
1: uh e music's pretty cool it 's a subscription based thing, and uh you can.
2: What was that? What's that one where you mail a penny in?
1: Yeah, right. I used to do that in high school. You mail a penny in, you get ten CDs, and you only have to buy two CDs over the next three years. But the two CDs are like a hundred dollars a piece.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. yeah.
2: It's Josh and the like were talking about doing that back. In the, they used to do that too. I never did it. I never like. I, I've never really been able to use the mail mail at yeah. all like I don't mail anything yeah we do that. covered that yeah
1: yeah the um yeah I, I there's a way there was a way to scam that system and i did that often um and it was it it took a lot of of a lot, it was probably more effort than you wound up saving as far as money goes but uh, there was a way to get around that and
2: you got a lot of Matchbox 20 and Rob Thomas on that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Got that Rob Thomas solo album. What it's like to be a superhero. That's that's what you ready to be.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) But, yeah, eMusic is pretty cool. It's a subscription-based thing. You can pay, like, $10 or, uh, like, up to $50, I think, and you get uh, a certain amount of songs per month. You can download whatever songs you want. And uh, it's a lot of like indie bands and small uh, independent artists and stuff. And uh, I found some really cool stuff on there. They, you, you don't want to sign up for it if you're looking for a lot of mainstream things. Mm. But um, like they have like the Animal Collective. I got that off of there. And, this
2: indie guy right here.
1: Yeah. Show. And uh, and you will us by the Trail of Dead and bands like that are on the, the
2: Oatmeal Conspiracy.
1: The Oatmeal Conspiracy is. I don't think they're on E-Music yet, but they will be on E-Music with their new album. Yep.
0: Um,
1: and so it, it's a cool thing. And if you sign up, you get like 25 free songs right off the bat.
2: Booyah.
1: Booyah. But um, I will be honest, I still steal some music uh these days.
2: Beyonce, support your Beyonce, Beyonce habit. Yeah.
1: If it's a band that I'm really a huge fan of, I will buy the CDs or buy the uh, buy the MP3s. Um, And if it's a, if it's a really small band that I like a lot, uh, that I know doesn't, you know, isn't making a ton of money from a record label or anything like that, I'll throw support behind it. But I, I still, you know, times are tight right now. If I want to listen to something, I get it.
2: In this economy. In this economy,
1: yeah. But disclaimer, uh, I'm lying when I say that I steal anything. (laughs) The RIAA need not darken my doorstep. I have nothing to take. So, there's no reasons to sue me. Um what about you? What how do you how do you get your music? Group? I buy
2: CDs, man.
1: You still sound that I you love the sound of CDs. Well, you love now, that rich, Come on. I love that rich sound.
2: Come on now. There is a difference when cuz I listen to music in the car. Yeah. More than anything else. And I do a lot of driving. There is a a notable difference between listening to a CD in my car and listening to the iPod in my car. Right.
0: There
1: is. It's true. There's a quality difference. I'm more making fun of the people that uh, that love vinyl still.
2: Yeah. Fuck that.
1: Oh, the, the rich sound of vinyl. You you like the fuck rich this. sound of a of a CD.
2: There's a group of friends that I have that that just had, just still sticking with the vinyl. Yeah. Still sticking and just they don't have a TV. Yeah. And they just they come home and they put on a record. Yeah. And it's like I don't ever want to go over there and hang out. Yeah. Because I I don't want to listen to fucking Led Zeppelin 2 on vinyl instead of watching SportsCenter while we talk, you know? Doesn't it sound so great? I get it, yeah. (laughs) Yeah,
1: They only like their old stuff, too.
2: Hey, fucking it. Because ain't nothing new coming out on vinyl. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, I heard that vinyl's making a comeback. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just like fashion. It's it's cyclical, Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll get that. I'll be sure to get that record player in my car real soon. Get my photograph uh, out and get my A track on. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, so I buy the CDs. A lot of it is because I am fascinated by, um, uh, the liner art or whatever yeah. on the inside. Huh? I love, I fucking love it, man. I will get a CD and I will go to my, cause when I was a kid, I was like never able to get my hands on music. Yeah, I had to listen to the radio from the time I started to like music until like high school, or really, really, actually like late high school, right? And um, and so, like, I would get like one or two CDs at Christmas, but uh-huh. I never really knew what to ask for because I w- would have to listen to the radio. And like a lot of stuff on the radio, I was like kind of lukewarm about, but every now and again, something good would come out. And to be honest with you, the first CD that I ever got, I got it for Christmas and it was seventh grade, dude. I was in seventh grade when I got my first CD, which to me sounds like weird. Cause like, you know, there's kids today that are in like fifth grade that are operating on iPods. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but the first CD I got a I got a six disc CD player for my room, and the first CD I got for Christmas was Melancholy in and, and the Infinite Sadness. Really? That's yeah, self it. Yeah. it was awesome, man. My parents had absolutely no idea who <laughs> the bastards were, and they got me that CD. And I remember listening to Bullet with Butterfly Wings and just fucking uh, just. Digging it, really, really liking it, and um, I am
1: so old compared to you. I, I was, I was, it was my senior year of high school. That's that album was the soundtrack to my senior year of high school.
2: Well, there that was go. the soundtrack of seventh grade, and then not long, <laughs> not long after that, I, I, I stocked up on Rancid. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, 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 so. oh come on, that, that album is really good.
1: Actually, I, I can't, That's, you know, I can't. I can't hate on Rancid. I like Rancid, okay? I mean, I prefer uh, their old stuff when they were uh, Operation Ivy, you know?
2: but Oh. throwing that out there. <laughs> Operation Ivy, that album right there, Energy, was fucking... Clave, I know you're into heavy metal, but get Operation Ivy. Energy.
1: Yes, we require that, you to get it. It's, it will
2: it's... redefine your perspective on life. Um, so, anyway, so... Um, well my
1: let me get, let me throw this my first cd that I was ever that I was someone bought for me mm-hmm. was um Billy Joel an innocent <laughs> man which is much not not nearly as cool as uh Melancholy and infinite sadness but i too was yeah. given a cd player i think in 6th grade like a big boombox yeah um and uh, i was given innocent man and the thing is i didn't really get into music as a kid until I was in high school. I didn't really discover it for myself or seek it out. I wasn't really interested in it. I mean, I listened to like my Billy Joel album, but I didn't have a lot of CDs. And, uh, when I got into high school, I just, uh, all of a sudden I got into, uh, U two.
2: Yeah.
1: And that was like my thing. Like, so that's
2: what, that's what, that's when you knew you liked music was when you listened to U two? Uh huh. That was like my,
1: that was my gateway was okay. I used to go to the skating rink. Yeah, and uh, that that's like a you know fabulous place to listen to music because you're hearing Obviously. all this old '80s like weird <laughs> electro rap stuff. Yeah, and then but the DJ there would play uh one off of the uh, Octune Baby album, which is my favorite song in the whole world. And uh I as heard as that I song. What?
2: How's I go? One love, one okay. life. Okay. Um,
1: I think Mary J. Blige did a cover of it recently. Um,
2: too yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: but I heard that song at the skating rink and I had no idea. I had, I would heard of you two, but I had no idea who you two was
2: that time out. Cause that sounds like a song that you would like try to hold hands with somebody for. Is that, uh, that it's like, like, like a, a slow skate, song? you know? Okay. okay. I
1: was, I was skating backwards by myself, <laughs> but I heard that song and I was just like fascinated by it. And I, uh, I didn't know anything about you two. I didn't know that they had been making music for a long time before then. Yeah. Um, and I sought it out. I went I went and asked the DJ and I was so embarrassed because I was like scared of this dude. And yeah. I was like, uh, can you tell me what song that is? And he was like told me and I went home and like I somehow I got the album. I think I got it out of one of those penny C D club things. Okay. And I played that album. First of all I dubbed it to tape so I could listen to it in my Walkman.
2: Yeah.
1: And I listened to that album over and over and over again and i could recite it from beginning to end the first lyric to the last lyric and that's how nice. much i listen to it you know and nice. like people hate on you too and everything and you yeah people have valid reasons for it but like that's i they're always be, they will always be my favorite band because they what like, are what got me into music you know?
2: well that's i mean this is really i guess this is the discussion that i'm looking forward to because from there that's what and how old were you when that happened
1: I was uh, probably like uh, freshman year of high school,
2: I guess. Okay, so you're about 14 years old, and that's when you decided I like music. Because there are people, I believe it or not, and this is—it's totally alien to me. But my mom is one of them that just—they just don't listen to music. They could it, like seriously take it or leave it.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I run into people. I run into kids that are in college. That—that's you. Know, that's when you really take off with your music. It's like when you're in college. I think, yeah. and, like, kids in college that don't like music, that aren't into it, that could care less about it. It just blows my mind. Just
2: Really? It, I mean, it it really does. So, from you, too, when you were a freshman in high school, what was your, you know, what was your growth like? Where did you go, um, as far as, like, where, where did you, what genres did you grow into?
1: Okay, well... In my my high school years were the heyday of what would be considered uh alternative rock is what it was called on the radio stations. Yeah, and it like was bands, all
2: the Seattle bands.
1: The grunge thing was thrown in there, all the Lollapalooza bands. Mm-hmm. Um Rage Against the Machine, um Smashing Pumpkins, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jane's Addiction, yep. Stone uh,
2: Temple Pilots. Stone Temple Pilots, and Chains, right. Mm,
1: Soundgarden, all that stuff. Um and I started listening to some of that. Um, I started listening to Smashing Pumpkins around that time, so that was kind of the next album I really fell in love with was Siamese Dream,
2: Uh
1: um, which a friend of mine gave it to me and said, hey, you need to listen to this, and I really got into that. I was kind of scared of a lot of heavier stuff. Yeah. I was just, like, holding myself back. I was kind of, like, conservative and, like, didn't, I was just, I was scared of it. I was scared of a lot of rap music then. Yep. Um... And which is why now I'm just like
2: rap music was like real hard then too.
1: Right? Yeah, gangster rap and stuff. And I was just I was I didn't I I didn't have any frame of reference for those things, which is funny because now I like really am kind of catching up on a lot of the rap I missed back then, hip hop I missed. But um, so yeah, I kind of got into some of those the tamer of the uh, alternative rock bands.
0: Yeah,
1: and that went on through. And then like I said, senior year high school. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness came out, and that was just my soundtrack to my senior year. 1979 by them, like, just brings back that, senior high school.
2: That, that piano intro, I can still, I have it right. I, if I was in front of a piano, I've never played a piano in my life. I bet I could play it. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. That the piano intro fading into uh, Tonight Tonight is one of the greatest openings of a of an album ever. Yeah. Uh, another great opening to an album is the drum roll and chair of rock from Siamese Dream. Which a lot of people hate on the Smashing Pumpkins, but there's a lot of good, lot, lot to like about them. Um, But so there was that, and then um, I was going to get into it later. But like when I went to college, I finally like the floodgates opened, yeah, and I like allowed myself to grow musically. And I said, you know what? I'm going to listen to this stuff I was scared about. I was scared me, and -hmm. I'm going to listen to these bands that. And now they probably seem very tame, but then it was like a really big deal that I was like. I was opening my mind and thinking about things that my, that I had been taught in my bringing and deciding yep. what I was going to keep in my life and what I was going to throw away as far as philosophies and the way I was told to live my life and everything. Yep. And, uh, I can remember freshman year of college at College of Charleston, I bought, uh, Nine Inch Nails Pretty Hate Machine, which is their first album. Yep. Real hard. Yep. And, uh, Jane's Addiction's Triple X album, which is their first album. Yep. And I listened to those over and over and over again. I had a rough freshman year as a lot of people do. I, I live with a bunch of idiots. Um that were just completely different from me.
2: And you were uh, in Charleston.
1: Yeah, Charleston. <laughs> you hate on Charleston, but I have some Fucking reasons. for hate it. For that. Um but I, I had a rough freshman year of college, and those two albums, like, it's, for me, like, everybody says, oh, music is a soundtrack of, you know, it tells the story of my life and everything. But, like, those two albums really meant a lot to me then. Yeah. And um I kind of drifted away from Nine Inch Nails, but I always loved Jane's Addiction. And that's why the concert that I went to was so important to me, because the original lineup of Jane's Addiction broke up in 1992, I think and they had not all been together until that this tour now um, yeah. the bassist refused to tour with them for whatever reason he just said he was over it so i'd seen jane's addiction over the years without the bassist but eric avery their bassist is like really a huge part of that band like it's he was my favorite instrument in the band yeah. and i can recognize i don't know a whole lot about the bass but i can recognize his bass lines and the way he plays it yeah and uh, so that's why it was so awesome for me to see that show last week, was because it was like this sort of uh, closure to that musical period of my life from college until now. Um, I don't know. And maybe that sounds hokey or whatever, but...
2: Well, whatever. I mean, for me, and and a lot of it, I mean, I guess a lot of why people really begin to open to, you know, to find their music taste, those people that are interested in music during college is because you get to meet... People that have music that you don't have, yeah, you know. And for me, I realized that I I, I really loved music um, in fifth grade um, mm-hmm. because that was when Jurassic Park came out. <laughs> okay. And hat tip to Schmunky for uh, you know bringing this up uh, as well. Um, but uh, the soundtrack, the actually the score to Jurassic Park, I had it on tape. Mm-hmm. And um, I um, I own it I, too. I, I, own. I, I listened to it until it no longer played. <laughs> yeah. And um, and then after fifth grade, sixth grade is when you, f- f- for the first time in school, I went to public school, and you got the option to like be in the band. You know, you could like be in the band, or you could do some, you know, whatever else the elective was. You know. Yeah. And I was at, i mean, I was a band nerd, man. I decided that I was going to be in the band because I wanted to be in a symphony that played music like I heard on the score for Jurassic Park. That was why I decided to be in the band. Yeah. And um, the um, and so I, I played the clarinet. <laughs> and um, and, then, and I, I, was, uh, I got enough shit for playing the clarinet that as soon as in seventh grade you were allowed to audition. To play the bass clarinet because they only took like you know three bass clarinetists for the whole um, band or whatever, and um, and so I began to play bass clarinet when seventh grade hit. But the um, <laughs> shut up.
1: No, I'm just laughing because as soft as you are, <laughs> as soft as as soft as playing the clarinet is for a dude in middle school. I played the flute for three <laughs> years in middle school. And I was first chair for one of those years.
2: Oh, boy. Wow. And
1: and of my own volition played the flute. And I still own that flute. And I can still play it.
2: Well, I actually, yeah, I actually uh, picked up my grandfather's clarinet from my mom's house this past Christmas. I'm going to get it refurbished. I'm going to take some more lessons. Because what happened? Well, anyways. I did, I, I got really, I got pretty good at it. And I was, I was like, I was set, man. I was going to be in the symphony. You know, that's what yeah. I wanted to do with my life. That's all I wanted to do was play music. And, um, and I went to high school and I was in the state. I was the only freshman in the Allstate band. Really? And, uh, yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I was, didn't know like, you played in, uh, in the band. Well, what happened oh, yeah. was my sophomore year of high school, I switched schools and the school I went to did not have a band. Wow. And so I just, you know, I mean, that was it. You so know? your life
1: could be very different right now.
2: It could be very different. I could be Benny Goodman at the bass clarinet. You could
1: be playing electric bass clarinet. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, but so- my thing was that uh, you you had to try, if you were a flute player, you could try out to play the piccolo, which is somehow a softer instrument.
2: That is. Than the flute. It, it is well, it's so soft it's hard, though.
1: Yeah, it's so little. You just, like, it doesn't make any noise. Only dogs can hear it.
2: <laughs> it's actually the loudest instrument in the symphony. Is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah because no. it plays the high pitch. Um, the high, the higher the pitch, the easier it is to hear. It's the so.
1: most annoying instrument in the symphony.
2: <laughs> Sounds like a up. So even in the symphony, you have that that motherfucker over
1: there. Yeah, playing that thing. Play. So, so, but yeah, continue on to give me your thread. Okay. Yeah. There. So
2: I went. I went from like. Symphony classical music to, um, to middle school where I got really heavy into, like, the, you know, skateboarding and that kind of culture. And I, I started listening to punk rock, you know, and, and of course, I mean, I was not really a punk, you know, like, I was like the softest punk you'd ever know. Yeah. But I really, really got into some of the music. And so from that, the irony is, like, when I went, to, so all through middle school, man, I had tons of CDs. Uh, a punk rock CDs and that's the thing that's when I, I would come home and I, I would it would be such a like an event to get a new CD that I would come home I would put it in and I would just sit there and listen to the album all the way through and the entire time I would not take my eyes off the line of head's like the whole time I would just be flipping back and forth through the pages reading the lyrics because something I I I have this distinct memory of listening to Green Day on the radio and I would like sit and listen to the radio all day with a tape in the cassette player and hit record as soon mm-hmm. as the song would come on yeah. and um and I remember playing um when I come around over and over yeah, and over again Not yeah. just because I loved it so much But because I wanted to try To learn the songs yeah. or Learn the lyrics Because I am I could listen to a CD For like five months every day And still not really know the lyrics Because <laughs> yeah. I'm so, so much more drawn to um, The beat and the music And you know that kind of thing Like that's really what grabs me About any kind of band And then later on I'll, I'll learn the lyrics And I'll be like wow You know Not only are they a good band But it's, it's some good lyrics too But I remember it was like I thought that the, that, you know, whatever the guy's name, Billy, whatever. Billy Joe Armstrong. Billy Joe Armstrong was singing about Tarzan swinging on a vine. Like, when I come around, (laughs) like, I'm, I can't even remember everything, but I thought it was right. And then I got the CD Dookie and I was like reading the liner notes. I was like, I got it all wrong. (laughs) But I went from punk. Um, when I got to high school, I, 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 my my roommate, this is a trip. My roommate, because um, I went to a boarding school to start out in high school, um, he introduced me to the first rap album that I ever listened to, right. and it's still today. We'll get it's still my favorite rap album of all time. It's AT Aliens and my Outcast. My Outcast, and I. I've listened to that album probably a million times, right. but the the transition from pop <laughs> to rap it 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 was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be because I was because a lot of it was about that bass. It was a you know I mean uh, yeah for like Maxwell Murder on um and Out Come the Wolves that album that there's a bass solo in there like all I ever wanted to do is play bass like for some reason I'm drawn to the number four I like four strings whatever um but but i don't know it's just like here it is where these people are um they're saying you know their lyrics to the to the beat they're matching their syllables with the beat and that was the same in punk you know it was about like not just about the lyrics but it was about how we deliver these lyrics you know that's not so much in rock and roll because you're like singing these things you know and orating and whatever but with rap and and with punk it was about matching the syllables to the beat in my opinion you know so it may not be it but so I jumped I I jumped right into rap and I got big into that um because it was so similar yet so different, you know. Yeah. And, uh, and then the cool thing about working at the summer camp um that by the time you know we were in high school and started to get into college for me was that everybody would show up to camp um with their CDs. Right. right? A lot of people were coming from like I was the only guy from Tennessee coming to this camp, you know. And so I was getting music from people that were in North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida, wherever, of music that I had never even heard before, you know, and I um so that's where I got um the exposure or the pollination, um, as you so beautifully put it at the beginning of the episode. Um of music that I didn't know I liked, you know, and I would listen to it and I would love it. And that would be what I would listen to, you know, to start out the next school year or whatever. And it would write the story of the fall, you know, the music that I got introduced to in the, in the summer. And one of those albums was that, Long Beach Dub All-Stars, because I never really listened to some Blythe, but by the time I had started to like that kind of genre of music was Long Beach Dub All-Stars and that album. I mean, like, it's a trip how you can put in one CD and it just it's, it opens the floodgates of memories, you know? Oh
1: man, yeah, I I don't think everybody I think a lot of people have that sort of relationship with music, but a lot of people don't They don't understand it It comes back to that same uh, thing about people who just aren't into music But I, Same thing with me there's album there's albums that i can 't even really listen to anymore
2: well there 's one one story and i 'll say this and because we 're getting uh, maybe we 're getting long winded about this one topic that everybody understands the concept that we 're talking about, but I find it fascinating to to trace like kind of the lineage of people 's musical taste
0: right. you know
2: but um but we um Jigga and i um, Actually got, uh, Jigga turned me onto this one, I don't even think you call it a group or a band, it's one guy in his computer, but, uh, it's called the streets. And like, it's kind of cliche now even to say like, oh, I like the streets, like whatever. It's but like
1: indie hip hop.
2: This is like, the UK. The, yeah. It's, well, what it is, is it's a, it's a, just a, what, th- what happens at, in these times where you go to, you go away, you move wherever, you make new friends and you find new music music and he threw me in the car and we listened to a grand don't come for free which is a concept album it tells a story and um and we drove in the car and listened to the entire cd all the way through and it was stuff like that that happened to that's how i get to new music like when, when i went to um uh, college, I saw this kid playing with his iPod, and uh, you know i didn 't really know him that well, but he seemed like a trustworthy guy and so I rolled up to him one day in class. We had like three classes together. <coughs> school was real small, it was like eleven 1, hundred students, so it was like I knew it wasn 't going to go anywhere, but i I gave him my iPod and I grabbed his, and I was like all right here 's the deal. this is what we have to do. You listen to my iPod on Shuffle, and the only time that you 're allowed to skip a song is if you already own the album. Right. And I took his, and we had I, we had each other's iPods for an entire week. And, and I probably li- – I mean, I listened to a lot of songs, but, like, after that was done, I, re- I had been writing down the names of the albums and the artists, and he loaded up a USB drive of all these albums from these songs that I had listened to that I like, and I fucking threw them on my computer. And, like, that was the trip. You know, it's that kind of shit that's – I don't know. I think it's hype. I wish I did it more often and I was going to get onto this, that, that we did this, this is an idea. I'm not going to take credit for it because it's, it was not my idea. Uh, but it's something that if you're listening to this and you, you haven't done it before, try to, or take the initiative and try to do it. Get 11 of your friends or get five of your friends and tell them to get somebody that you don't know, get a group of 12 people that don't necessarily live in the same state or even the same country. And each of you records a mixtape or a mixed CD and copies it 11 times. And for one month, you know, let's say your month is December, you make a mixed CD and you mail it out to 11 other people. And then for the rest of the year, one day out of the month, I get a CD in the mail that is this other random person's mixtape of songs. And you may like them, you may not like them, but it's definitely the hype. And uh we did it – um, from you know various people some of the people that were in the group i didn't even know but Jigga and i were in this cd club thing and you just create a blog so the group of 12 people can communicate about the cds that are coming in the mail whatever whatever get somebody to you know take the initiative to get everybody's address and uh, mail them out but it's it's legit that was one of the coolest things um as far as music that's up
1: to our buddy charlotte because she uh that's she got she was in a club like that and got us kind of turned on to it, so
2: Yeah, she did that. That was her she was listening to like NPR or something yeah, where people talk were talking about it. I so. love
1: mixtapes, man. I love making mixtapes for people and putting a lot of time and effort into like and in my mixtapes I mean mix CDs these days, but right. um you know, I love making mixes for people and turning people on to new music and stuff and telling a story through it, you know. It's just kind of the
2: yeah and 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 now that I'm getting a little bit older and a lot more tolerant now I am I'm still opening my mind to different genres that I used to like turn my nose up at and I'm telling you man that doing this all like I I do judge a person by the music they listen to but it's not necessarily like judgment about whether or not I'm going to like them it's just judging like where they're coming from yeah you know, and whether or not they like the music or whether or not they listen to music in general and that kind of stuff. And doing that iPod thing, I only did it that once, but I, I think I'm going to do it again. Because it's a that's a interesting way to get to know somebody. If you only mildly know them and you steal their iPod for a week and listen to it on shuffle.
1: Yeah, that's a cool idea. I think that brings up a really interesting point. Do you think that like okay, so kids in college right now. Think of how different their musical experience is and how much more options there are for them to share music with each other
0: mm-hmm. than it
1: was... I mean, even for you, you've been in college more recently than I, but when I was in college, we didn't really... The MP3 thing was just starting to begin. And, uh like, it's pretty awesome that you can, like, get this music from other people that you meet and stuff like that, and really easy to get it, but do you think it diminishes the value of music that it's so easy to get?
2: Well, that was a discussion I was having with Josh because we were talking about like stealing, you know, I asked him if he stole music, you know, or like downloaded it. He doesn't do it, and neither do I. Um and it's I mean some of it's like ethical, you know, like right. but, but a lot of it is like, you know, obviously I'm not very technically hip. <laughs> yeah. You know, so I wouldn't even I don't even know where to go to steal music. Yeah. You know, and uh, but I haven't been interested enough in doing it that I've sought that information out. But um But he's talking about, like, I I was saying, well, for me to go out and buy a CD, I have a very specific attachment to it. And I'm going to make sure that I, like, quote, unquote, bond with that CD before I, like, throw it into the CD case and don't think about it for a couple months. And he was saying, though, you know, and I was like, well, and that's probably better because I actually care about the music that I'm purchasing. He's saying, though, you know, but if you get an entire discography of a band that you think you might like, you may be able to listen to it a little bit more objectively because you don't have that much invested in it. You know, like if I buy a CD, I damn well better like it because I'm spending $12 on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly sort of my point on it is that it sort of was the way like with video games, too. when you were, a, well, for me, you didn't play video games. But when you were a kid, like I got one video game a year or two, maybe. So if I got it, I had to be choosy, and I had to play the game I got, and I damn sure was gonna like it, you know.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, and with the that's sort of my point about the music thing. Do you think that because, like, if if you got a CD from somebody, they gave you they traded CDs with you or whatever, it was more. It seems like oh, I'm I gonna play. make sure that I spend more time with this as an album and as an art and and really get to know this rather than oh, I can just 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 get just a just huge amount of music in two days off the internet—more music than I could ever listen to. Yeah, and not even care. And like, it's like, oh, it doesn't It doesn't. It's no, there's no value to it because. Well,
2: that's the thing. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying so that's much, the way it is. I'm just start. saying
1: that I wonder if that's how people that grow up in this generation of, you know, this digital generation.
2: Yeah.
1: How they feel about it
2: it's a, it's an interesting point it'll be it'll be interesting maybe if we get some people to email us what they're i would really anybody that takes the time to email us, I would love to read your your story with music you know and um um you know and how you view whether or not you steal or um you know how you come about it and what you do to get new music and what you listen to you know i mean like uh, there's tons of resources out there, even on the on the internet. You know where it's like like Pitchfork Media. You know they're like the really really snooty uh, music reviewers. You know like hardly anybody gets really good reviews. They and, only like their old stuff. Yeah, they don't even like their old stuff. No, they don't like anything. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a trip. It's like I mean for a lot of it's about the timing too. Like I never really liked Radiohead, and then I listened to that Tom York solo album. And that shit is so fly, it's so good. And that's what made me listen to Radiohead, you know. Yeah. Appreciate it better. Um, now that I I knew that I was like kinda of digging this one guy. You know. I don't know. So, um, yeah,
1: sometimes bands and albums and songs have to marinate a little bit for me and I'll come back to it. Radiohead's interesting because I bought the Benz when I was in high school and listened to uh, one song off of it, the one that was like the single off of it, and just put it away. And then when I got to college, I started listening to it, and that's my favorite Radiohead album now.
2: But see, and there's there's the rub. If you can download 8,000 songs, pretty much with no consequence, are you going to let some album marinate?
1: Yeah, how are you going you know, yeah, go to go back? Because you've got all this stuff to replace it
2: with. <laughs> yeah, if I don't like the first 30 seconds, then I'll just cast it off? Really? You know, it's, I mean, I, for me, and I may be in the minority here, but if when I get a CD, I do not skip to the single. I'm going to listen to it from start to finish, and I'm going to take the time to do that, you know? I mean... I'm my, bad
1: about doing that. I do skip, and I'll listen to the same song over and over and over again. But it's just kind of the way I, – I have a different way of listening to an album. Like I'll listen to one song until I get tired of it and then move on and find another song I, I identify with and listen to that. And then eventually it opens up the whole album to me. But
2: For me, it's usually the first or second half. I'll listen to the album as a whole, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll take my time to do that. And then I will um – I'll have like a string of like three or four songs that I really like, and I'll listen to those – you know, when I'm driving from point A to point B or something, and it's like and then like uh two months later I'll be like, Holy shit, there's a whole new C D and it's the other half of the C D Right. You know what I mean, and so yeah, that's, that's, that's kinda
1: cool was, too, yeah. Yeah. I tell you that that night that we listened to uh Grand Old Come for Free was it, that was one of the like most memorable music experiences I think I've ever had because the moon was out. This is gonna sound real romantic, but <laughs> yeah. full moon was out. It was w- romantic. We were driving around in your Jeep Cherokee that you had at the time, right? And had Cherokee. Like,
2: I had two 12-inch subs in the back. Booming,
1: yeah. Um, the sunroof open, looking at the moon, and but, I was just driving around.
2: This, and the windows were down, but we had the heat on our feet. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it was, we were in the mountains at the camp that we worked at. It was kind of cool at night, and so we're driving around, and we're listening to, like, every word and, and following the story. Because I could imagine you could get that album, And if you listen to just songs out of order on it, it would have not nearly the much, the impact that it had. The way that we listened to it, we listened to it from beginning to end and got the whole story and sort of got what he was saying.
0: Yeah.
1: Like I would hope that maybe he, that was his intention was what we did, you know? It was like listen to the whole thing and process it. And that, that was just, it's awesome to have that sort of experience, especially in this day and age of disposable music and, so easy to get music and
2: yeah, yeah. And I mean that's it. Is it? I mean is music disposable? And um well, the, the, the
1: consuming habits are changing. And the album artwork and uh liner notes is that's an interesting point too. Because I'm a graphic designer and my favorite thing to do, and I rarely get to do it, is to design uh liner notes for CDs and this, you know, the CD case and the the discs and everything. I love doing it, but that has changed so much. Back when you had uh vinyl albums, you had such a huge canvas to work with and you said these like complex album covers um that were just works of art, you know. And mm-hmm. as you went to the C D it's a much smaller format. And now I've read some articles online about how because everybody's gone digital, the whole nature of album artwork is changing. Album artwork is focusing more on being simple.
0: Yeah.
1: And not detailed because the pictures are so small. When you see a picture in iTunes, you want it to catch somebody's eye and say, hey, I want to buy that album.
2: And it's small, but you don't even, that's the one picture. You don't get pages. Right. And like, for me, um, the, um, I've saved like the past (coughs) 500 liner notes that I've gotten. Right. Um, I've, I, you know, I mean, I'm not big dick in here. You know, I've probably got somewhere in between. A thousand to eleven 1, hundred CDs, and um, probably three hundred of those have been burned for me, you know what I mean? But, um, but I've saved all the liner notes, I've thrown away like the jewel cases or whatever they are, you know, because that's just taking up too much space. But I've saved all the liner notes, and like every about once a year, I'll open up and I'm gonna do this thing. I was meaning to do it a while ago, but now that McKinsey and I live together, she's a lot more. Better at doing this kind of thing, but we're gonna like put them together, you know, like, like sandwich them between glass or whatever and like put them up around the house yeah, and stuff like cool. that. But, um, yeah. um but it's a trip, man. I'll go through and just looking at the liner notes, it's like a whole nother story. It's like a, it's like, it's like a photo album, yeah you know, like a big on the photo album. I, my mom, and you know, ingrained that in me is like, she told me if the house burned down, the first thing she would run to get would be the photo album. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be what she would save from the house. And I was like young, like I maybe would have needed saving at the time. Yeah, she would have run
1: to get her photo album. It's like so. that tactile thing of like having that liner in front of you and reading it. And I will say that one thing about the Internet age or whatever is this cool is uh, the having the ability to search uh, for lyrics online. Because I do like doing that and I've learned a lot about music that I've liked for years that I had no idea what the lyrics were. I I find myself all the time looking up lyrics and cutting and pasting lyrics and doing stuff like that, you know, and just...
2: I I, depend on that. There's no way I'm gonna know the lyrics just by listening. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. But but, a lot of people don't care
1: about that, but I like the way that words interplay uh, in music and things. You know, where do
2: you listen to music the most?
1: When do I, where?
2: Yeah, where?
1: Um, In my car, I listen to music quite a bit. I do tend to listen to podcasts more than music when I'm in the car, but um, I listen to it when I'm working, um, do it designing, doing graphic design stuff. I'll listen to, to music on my computer. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what about you? I, I
2: think, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, obviously I've already said the car, but I, I also will do it like when I'm playing. It, it, it's different. When I'm in the car by myself, that's the best. Right. But, like, if, like, tonight, you know, I was doing the dishes after dinner, and, like, I put on, I went to another room and got a CD player and brought it to the kitchen to listen to music while I was doing the dishes. Yeah. And that CD player is actually going to stay in the kitchen now because I've got enough to where I I can listen to music in every single room of the house now. Um, and, but it's, like, different to listen to it when I'm doing something else because I'm checking out. Yeah. background music, you know. Um. And it's a trip because there's people's car, you know, that's where I'll hop into somebody's car and like the first thing I listen for is like when they start the car, is their music on or is it the radio? Because also like, like I no longer listen to the radio and this is where I know that I guess I'm yeah. getting older. You Me know, either. But, like yeah. I don't, I, where some of the stuff on the radio is all right. It's fine, but like I don't want to watch, I don't want to listen to like commercials and I don't want to listen to stuff that I don't like. You know, I don't want to like wait on. I'm not like a top 40s kind of listener, you know, or Billboard top 100 or whatever it is. Although a lot of that stuff is good and I like it and everything, but it's like, um, once again, I, you know, I try to actually listen to it before I cast a judgment on it. Um, God, we are fucking really going on with it. Well,
1: people wanted the music episode and
2: they're getting it. They're getting it. It So for me, I'll listen to it in the car, but I've gone back to listening to CDs in the car whereas I did listen to the iPod in the car all the time um, now if I'm listening to the iPod it is a podcast but yeah. um, for the most part I'm I'm listening to CDs and I'm and I'm doing my best to have a good rotation I I've got two of those big hunker CD cases mm-hmm. in my car and I've got um, one or two smaller ones in the house but the big hunkers I'll just open it up and not even look at What I'm grabbing and I'll put it in the CD player and that's the real test for me about whether or not I actually like the music that I listen to or I have the CD as like some kind of badge of honor just in case somebody else was to look at it you know am I really listening to the music that I own or am I not you know and just owning it just to have it
0: right
1: and that's another thing is like with being able to get all this music I find myself hoarding it a lot you know like oh look at all the music I got I don't listen to any of it Recording yeah. it it's mine 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 mine, mine, mine. <laughs> my precious my precious um yeah, yeah I, I tell you one thing i cannot do while i listen to music is write anything i cannot no write i cannot type i don't know i understand how people do that because i'm so invested in lyrics and things that i'll find myself just daydreaming about the lyrics and yeah. thinking about what the person's saying and the, i see the words in my head and i just cannot do it
2: and that's the thing i have a lot of cds ripped to the hard drive of my Xbox. Yeah. But I can't, there are certain games that I can't play because I can't, like, I can't play like a shooter game while listening to like, you know, fish live at the Roxy or something like that. You know, it's like impossible because, um, because I want to listen to the music more than I want to play the game. But if I'm playing like <laughs> Peggle, it's fine. It's like, I can pay more attention to the music than I do to the game and still enjoy myself. So that's funny. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Um we've already done, I've already done guilty pleasures on episode 2 or 3. Keep on
1: going. Keep on rolling. What well, I mean we we can wrap this part of the show up if you want unless you have other stuff.
2: No, I oh, well I'm looking at our notes. Um for me, yeah, so I listen to the CDs. Um i i really I don't listen to the radio. I used to actually watch a lot of MTV. Um and even when they had the other shows on because every now and again, you know, at the end of their shows now like whatever singled out or something. <laughs> they yeah. have, you know, the um, they have like a band that will play. They'll play part of their music video while the end credits of the show are rolling. But I still, I don't even do that now. Like just like two years ago, I was like, when I turned on the television, I was like, I would check MTV and see if they're, you know, what was going on, or like every now and again watch TRL or something like that to see if there's any mm-hmm. good bands. I don't, I don't even know. think they have TRL anymore. I don't think they do. Wasn't making enough money, but um, so old. Uh, you're old. Yeah. Um, taking a look. I don't think we need to get into overrated artists. No, can uh, move on.
1: Let's 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 tip on the uh, the metal thing for a minute, just for for old Clave asked us if we were into metal,
2: and um, um and Once Josh. You,
1: yeah, and Josh, our buddy Josh, Josh is a pseudo metalhead. He wants like to think he would like people to think that he's in the metal.
2: <laughs>
1: soft. He's really
2: into bluegrass.
1: He's really into his Mac. That's what he said. You Blue can't grass. listen to a Mac and be in the metal. Oh. Soft, oh, soft. Oh, Kevin's gonna be mad. Sorry, Kevin Deli on photography dot com.
0: <laughs> uh, uh,
1: address, and he loves metal, and he also owns Mac. So.
2: One thing, though, I'll just say this about Kevin. Uh, God love him. He, uh, <laughs> One day, we were on Gmail, and he sent me a link to this band. He's like, listen to them. They're really good. And, like, granted, they're talented, but, like, you can't just do that. If it's heavy metal, you can't tell somebody that's, like, sitting at their computer just to check out a band. Because I was, like, expecting, like, something, but anything but metal. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's pretty hard to rock out at your computer, A. B, if you don't know you're supposed to be rocking out when you click the link, you're thrown through a loop. You know, right. it's like, Oh my god <laughs> This is heavy. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah, Kevin's so, done
1: that to me a lot. I I've actually gotten from him though, uh, some bands that I really like, like Dredge, this band named Dredge that he likes a lot. Um, he's got me into them and Mastodon actually too. I think I got Mastodon album, but from listening at his house, I got into it. Um, Mastodon's first album, but um, yeah, well, back on the metal tip thing for Clave. Uh, I can't really claim to to be a metal fan. I don't like any of the hair metal stuff from the '80s, <laughs> which is strange to a lot of my friends from that time because they all like that stuff, and I just can't get into that. Um, I like some heavy hardcore stuff, but I tend to err more on the punk side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like, I guess Clutch would be sort of metally, a bit.
2: They're just heavy. They're not metal. They're just, they're just heavy. heavy. Yeah,
1: I don't know. I don't really know how to define the genres of that sort of hardcore stuff. But what's your
2: uh, what's your opinion on metal? Right. Yeah, I just err on the side of punk. I don't know enough about the guitar to listen to like Dragon Force and be like, wow, that's really hard to do. Right. You know? Yeah. Like, I, so, um, I, I, you know, um, I will say The Great Medical Disaster is probably my favorite metal band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great band. That is a great band. Yeah, it's right? Yeah. GM, GMD for short. Yeah, they, um, Very little known band. um, I've not heard
1: any of their music, but
2: you have it. Well, neither have I. Yeah, uh, (laughs) apparently
1: they're doing a photo shoot.
2: They're doing a photo shoot in an abandoned hospital. That's Uh, our buddy. We're
1: selling our buddy Owen,
2: (laughs) number one hater.
1: Yeah, the number one hater this week. That's his band.
2: He's in a band, and they they pay to they pay rent in a studio to store their um, musical instruments in a closet that has a hole in it. Where they have to put a fire hydrant or a fire what is it? A fire extinguisher in the hole of the floor of the closet that they store the music stuff in because rats the size of cats will come up out of the hole. Get in the hole. And they pay for that, so that's cool.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, so I I do will say that I like Mastodon. They're Definitely not. I like
2: Metallica, but I don't uh, like, I like him and I don't like him because that drummer, man, he got on his high horse about the, you know, the stealing music. Like, whereas I don't do it myself, like, I don't want to hear this guy saying that I'm stealing from him because I'm not stealing from him. They,
1: either. Metallica sued a, a furniture store in Texas that was called Metallica Furniture, Um which is this little tiny mom and pop furniture store because I guess they were afraid that people were going to think that they had opened a, meet- a, a furniture,
2: furniture, furniture
1: store and they're just like ah, uh, they're just greedy that's ridiculous that's fuck just greedy yeah just Uh. alright so Uh. well we're going to roll on to
2: what's next well, naturally, the next is, what have you been listening to?
1: What have I been listening to? Okay, well, I'm going to kick it off. Uh I'm going to throw this out there, and we've already talked about it once, but I'm listening to The Oatmeal Conspiracy's new album, uh, Part of the Package, which yep. we talked about last week. And I wanted to hype it up because it's on iTunes and on uh Amazon now. Just search for The Oatmeal Conspiracy, or you can go to the oatmealconspiracy.com. Um, it's an EP. It's only like, I think, six songs. But um, they've put a lot of time and effort into it. Those guys are good friends of mine, and I do all their uh, artwork for their posters, and I got to design the uh, CD cover uh, and the the liner notes for the actual CD that's coming out. If you go to uh, to the album, you can see the uh, the album cover I designed, and my my uh, cat is uh, the star of the album cover, and arguably
2: uh, the star of the whole album.
1: Right, he's, <laughs> he's the man, dude. And I tell you, you'll see that. And it's my cat. The cover is my cat sitting in a box. And the way I accomplished that is I took a box, an empty box, and I set it in the middle of my kitchen. And the cat got in it. <laughs> um, because I've learned secrets.
2: You know, secrets just revealed here.
1: There you go. Uh,
2: how does how, does you, the how did you works? how
1: did you lure the cat into sitting in the box like that? Well, you see, cats cannot. Uh, they're they, they unable to resist the power of a, an empty box.
0: Yep.
1: So if you want to catch a cat, just put <laughs> an empty box in the middle of the room, and you will uh, find yourself with a cat in it if there's a cat in the room. So there you go. But, uh, yeah, I've been listening to the uh, Oatmeal Conspiracy, and, uh, yeah, they're worth checking out. So get the, it. Uh,
2: what, what Don't I steal I to their music. Right before, when I was actually doing the dishes before the show, I was listening to Greg Glaswell again.
1: Yeah, this is good.
2: Good stuff, and actually, it's funny because it's probably um this is bad. <laughs> I like it. I, you know, you hype me to this, you know, to both of his albums, whatever. I like him. I think it's good. I think it stands on its own. And then McKinsey had to go and ruin it for me, and said it sounded like Coldplay. Uh, ah. Yeah.
1: It's kind of an easy thing to there, say about a lot is, of bands. Well,
2: there. there's a piano, and there's a guy singing. Yeah, you know, and that's so sort of automatically sounds like Coldplay. I don't think it does. I like it, and but also in my car, what I've had in my car the past week is uh, Band of Horses, uh, the first album, everything, all the time, and um, Band of Horses, tremendous. They're a really good band. Funny um,
1: because I. Was going to hype you on that, and then I didn't, or you didn't get into it until later when you kind of discovered Band of Horses on your own. Um,
2: you trying to say you knew about them before me?
1: Yeah, I did.
2: I don't think you did. Yeah,
1: we were in the car. We were going to Atlanta. I was like, listening to this, and you are like, eh. Bullshit. And, uh, nope, it's true. Bullshit. You liked one of the songs, but Shit. then later you're like, ah, oh, I found this band named Band of Horses.
2: Papo. Oh, really? Papo without any kind of filter just made fun of me because I I I tried to get him hype on the band and he just fucking he just sold me out so hard he, he didn't did, like obviously it. no he did not like it's it not hard and he enough. made he made some accusations about me for liking it um but both of those albums Cease to begin ceased to begin actually was recorded in Asheville um I don't, I don't know, know where the first one was recorded but yeah they're both good real 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 beautiful music so that's what I've been listening to.
1: Yeah, and pick up that Greg Laswell too if you like. It's singer songwriter stuff, um, which sometimes annoys me. But with Greg Laswell, I really like his. I like the piano. If something's got piano in it, I tend to like it. Okay. Uh, and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing compared to Coldplay because I like some Coldplay too. So.
2: Yeah, I don't really. I mean, I just I just don't. I don't
1: hate on them. I mean, I like them for uh, enough. I'm, you know? I'm not
2: I'm not standing outside the concerts with the picket, but. Right. Whatever. What's <sighs> the hype?
1: This long ass podcast is the yeah. hype. Um, what's the hype? Okay, my hype, other than getting to see that nice nails, James Addiction show, um, I'm gonna say my uh I, I got to experience my girlfriend's cooking this week twice. Yeah. And I had no idea that she was such a good cook. And so I think that's pretty hype because I am not a good cook. And, uh, she makes delicious meals. <laughs> um, and I hope to continue to eat dinner at her house frequently. Nice. So, that's my thing.
2: Um, well, I just downloaded a new Xbox Live arcade game. Um, called, I think it's called Cell Wars, like, or Psych War. I don't even know the name of it. But it's like a glossed over Unreal Tournament. Ah, uh, okay. And it's like the i mean it's the latest update or whatever and um so i downloaded it last night at like uh, i downloaded the trial because my buddies were playing it online and um within 15 minutes of playing it i had bought the the full version which is 800 points so it's like $10 and um i recommend it to you and anybody else that likes a good shooter um it's you got three classes of people. You can be like a bishop which like flies around and can throw like objects or whatever with the psychic ability or whatever. And the second, one's, like, black... <laughs> the second <laughs> one's the second one's a black option you can you can oh. uh you can uh um like teleport and um and the third one you're playing as a robot, literally almost the T eight hundred. And uh, you can like super jump and stuff. It's fun. it's fun, and uh it's been a while since I've played or even been excited about playing a first person shooter um and because uh, I got really played out on that and um so it's getting me back into it. It's a game that I'm able to play with a couple of my friends, and I'm still learning it so last night I downloaded it, like I don't know maybe eleven o'clock and did not go to bed till three a m Oh no, uh, I have to check it out. Yeah, and because I mean I've been going to bed at like 10:30, yeah. and for me to stay up that late, I literally could not hold my eyes open anymore, and that's why I went to bed. And I woke up this morning with a severe video game headache hangover. <laughs> <laughs> so, hype, hype. What's uh, what's not the hype? Cats and dogs. Next.
1: My <laughs> not the hype, but yeah, my. Not the hype. What's not the hype is uh, that that the NBA season is over, mm. and nothing just nothing to watch uh, but baseball. And I'm not going to do that. So. Yeah,
2: U.S. Opens on. I got yeah. a text message today uh, from somebody watching the U.S. Open saying, "Get in the hole." And he said <laughs> that before he, he knew that happened, but before he listened to the podcast, <laughs> he didn't realize how much it happened. And he also <laughs> said that the new one, other than getting the hole, is "Let's go, Tiger."
1: <laughs> yeah, you gotta get it in the fast like that too. us
2: mm-hmm. go Tiger I said his name I actually, I saw that earlier I, This morning, um, I, for some reason The US Open was on television And I actually heard somebody say like Let's do it Tiger It was something directed at oh. Tiger Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs>
1: Gotta yeah. get in as that guy That guy <laughs>
2: They're everywhere up. folks <laughs> It's not just
1: concerts Yeah. Boom so what we got
0: what's now.
2: Well, this is going to be a reward for those of you that have actually stayed and listened the whole time. This is um a new grab bag. We're calling it 3 on 3. Um uh, Jiga coined that one. And um I'm pretty excited about this because I just think it's I think it's cool. We're going to go 3 on 3 and it's going to be top 3 albums top three concerts, and bottom three artists. Um, so it's just really it's just a list of threes, um, and uh, um, uh, hopefully this goes well, because I, I think I want to do this list of top threes again at some point.
1: Yeah, but, so uh, w- w- we should go in reverse order on it. Um, yeah. And uh, how do you want to do this? you want to do all three of yours and then all three of mine? I mean, of, of the first yeah. topic or what?
2: Well, yeah, we'll go topics.
1: Okay. So, so let's,
2: let's let's start with the bad news first, bottom 3 artists.
1: Bottom 3 artists. Um the way that I define this was sort of like it could this could change from time to time, you know, but this yeah. is kind of like two standards and one that's just pissing me off right now. Uh third uh is Metallica. We talked about them <laughs> earlier. Hate them for the reasons that you mentioned. I just think they're I can't stand them. Never have been able to stand them. Never thought they were great. And hate them as human beings. Um
0: and Seth I mean.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I hate them as much as you hate Seth Rogen. Um, number two, and this is one that I actually had a nice little hate fest with Owen and actually spewed my hate all over the internet about. Um Jason Moraz. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um Moraz, which lots of people have told me that I'm just being too harsh on him and I, I think I called him well, I won't say what I called him, but uh, he's just kind of lame. I don't. Know, I, he he annoys me, and That's, I've been told I've been told that he's great and his lyrics are great, but whatever.
2: I you know you sent me a text message that said like, "Am I wrong or does any self-respecting man hate Jason Mraz?" Um, and I I showed the text message to Mackenzie, and she said, "No, he's right, but." songs are kind of catchy. <laughs> See, girls like
1: Jason Mraz, and my point was, and I put this to Owen, uh dudes, um, at least straight dudes, uh Aww. Aww. no, I'm going to clarify that in a second. It's going to make sense. Don't listen to Jason Mraz. Um, and I'm, I'm not saying that to say that if you listen to Jason Mraz, that means you're gay. I have no idea if gay dudes listen to Jason Mraz or not. My frame of reference is... uh Straight dudes, and I'm gonna tell you right now, if a straight dude says he likes Jason Mraz, it's because he's trying to get with some girl. <laughs> you know? And I think I threw this up in a tweet, that, you know, that, that's... A,
2: love, 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 you know, love, that's,
1: love, That's a legitimate uh, tactic, I guess, in a lot of ways, until three or four years down the line, your buddies are still calling you and saying, hey, you remember that time you said you liked Jason Mraz, just to uh, <laughs> hook up with that girl, and then you didn't? Yeah, I remember that. That was awesome. It,
2: it, you didn't get to hook up with her because you told her you liked Jason Morales. <laughs> yeah,
1: you thought that she liked it. She would like that, and she was like horrified that you're a right. dude. That it will, or she she knew what your tactic was. Because well,
2: I will say that, um, oh, how do I put this? Don't do it. Okay. Don't do it. <laughs> He's on. He's on the, uh, the takeaway show's website. Oh, no. And I did watch more than one of those videos. Because he's just walking down the street playing his guitar and singing, and oh. it, you, you get pulled into it. Because oh, you just, no. you get pulled <laughs> uh, Stop it. I'm trying to
0: save you here.
2: I'm not saying I no. like him. Okay. I'm just saying that one time I went to one of his concerts.
0: Yeah, right, (laughs) on the internet
2: No, Uh,
1: no, literally You went to his concert?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Let me preface this, okay? There
1: is no preface that you can give to that that's going to make it all right
2: This was when, okay, I I will go to any concert Uh Uh-huh Period, I will go to any concert, I really will Because I like to, I like to be at a concert. I like to go see live music. Probably one of the top three things for me to do, period. And, um, and he was at the college that I was going to, and the tickets were real cheap. And Mm. so I went. I didn't, he, this was in 2004, though. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: This was, this was before anybody really knew who he was. Uh,
1: back when he wasn't completely lame. No. No, I,
2: th- I think he's been completely lame the whole time.
1: Okay. As long as you're willing to admit that.
2: He did, though. He did oh, no. mildly impress me with his scatting ability.
1: Oh, God. <laughs> Let's move on. That doesn't need any comment from me. Okay, my number one bottom three artist, the worst artist of all time, of all time, is Widespread Panic. It's funny that you should mention having to go to a show for Jason Mraz because I was roped into going to a widespread panic show. um, Did you
2: just go to the one or did you go to both? I
1: just went to one. There's no way in hell that I would go to two. Um, I went to a widespread panic show. It was uh, eight and a half hours of pure misery. Have fun in the parking lot making me fun
2: of the hippies. Well, the thing was, we, we went for a bachelor party. Our buddy was getting married. We were in the wedding. And, um, and so for his bachelor party, there was two shows, two nights back to back in the same town. Everybody went there, stayed with the guy that lived in that town. And, um, and, you know, Joey didn't make it for the first night. Probably. I was busy. That night. But the second night we go, it, it was, we had the lawn seats and it, all of a sudden in the middle of the first set, the sky opened up and there was a biblical thunderstorm that was happening and Joey had one of these Crazy Creek chairs because he had actually planned on sitting down during the show not <laughs> rocking out the whole time. And we all, there were like eight of us, and we all, for that weekend, um, grew mustaches. And so there's like eight <sighs> dudes in various mustaches, and, and Joey had the Freddie Mercury mustache and held the Crazy Creek on top of his head and absolutely refused. Is to enjoy himself for about two hours because halfway through the first set, all the way into the second set, it was raining. And I had
1: I had my Punisher shirt on too, so I was yeah. looking real hard. I had this, I looked like a house standing there with this triangle thing on my head. Yeah, and it, the thunderstorm. Like I, we we watched the show for what are six hours that the first set went on. And then the thunderstorm came and I was like, "Oh no, this is going to be terrible." And then I got optimistic cuz I realized that maybe lightning would strike me and kill me. <laughs> and I'd be put out of my misery.
0: And,
1: and, the, I cannot stand jam bands. I really do not like jam bands. There are a few exceptions to that, um but in general, I cannot stand it. I think it's just annoying and I think that they're completely overrated. And that band was just oh, it was just terrible. It was awful. At, at the end of every song, I cheer the loudest of anybody in that place because I thought it was the last song every time. I was praying that it was the last song when they'd finish the song because every song, they only played four songs in that eight hours.
0: Every song lasts like
1: four hours.
0: And I would
1: just scream and yell, oh, this has got to be the end of the show. And then the second set started. And that went on for eight hours. And then the encore was like most bands do three or four songs. They did like 20.
0: <laughs> they,
2: 20 did songs. they did
1: Oh, uh, It was just miserable. And I just, on top of it, if, it if, I, if I had any kind of uh affection for that type of music at all, it might be one thing, but I cannot stand jam bands and I cannot stand bluegrass. I would rather listen to someone cut through sheet metal with a chainsaw than listen to either of those two things. So, there you go. There's your dose of hate.
2: There it is. And I actually, I really, I enjoy them. Um, I'm actually pulling up a, a picture to give email to you so you can post it on Twitter. It's a picture of you holding up the Crazy Creek.
1: Good, because I lost that
2: picture. I don't know where it is. So. Yeah. Um, and there's some other ones. like we. What we did is there's some people... Uh, the guys that we were with, they basically, I mean, like anybody else, I mean, they were there to enjoy themselves, um, and so they spent most of their money on, like, beer and stuff like that. Maybe they ate a little bit of food, but, but Joey and I don't drink, and so we wound up uh, – we we bought some fried chicken, <laughs> and we were we were hiding behind my car trying to eat it without anybody else noticing it, but inevitably – um, our greasy fingers sold us out and uh, some people were like oh you guys got some chicken <laughs> let us have some of that chicken some of that greedily chicken so eating can... the fried chicken hoarding yeah, it yeah. Yeah. hiding hiding behind people hiding behind a car to eat <laughs> some chicken <laughs> and one of our buddies Jake wore a t um, <laughs> a, a, a t-shirt that he loved it was like an Elmo t-shirt So South... Elmo wouldn't wear <laughs> that shit
0: that <laughs> we're was two Muppet Muppets picture
2: too. yeah yeah that's really funny. So, um, okay, well, that's your number one um, least favorite. I'm gonna have to bottom, bottom three artists. Uh, what, what's your bottom three? I'm about to piss some people off, oh, and I want to I want to I want to say it like real fast. All three of them as no. fast as I can. So no proud. Cares. Be proud of the eight. Be proud. All right, these yeah. are in no particular order. Uh, okay, no, I'll put them in an order. Number three is Pink Floyd.
1: Oh yeah. Boy, I like Pink Floyd a lot.
2: Yeah? Well, fuck you, Pink Floyd. <laughs> okay. Shitty. <laughs> I don't give a shit about The Dark Side of the Moon. I'll just say that. And uh, fuck the concept of matching up a movie with a CD. And I don't want to go to some theater with all these indie assholes to play the CD along with the movie. I don't even like the movie. <laughs> Number two... Um, the Beastie Boys? <sighs> Can't get I with know. you on that, either. I know, I know. Usually I know I when I beasties, say this beasties. stuff... I thought everybody. You're yeah.
1: the only person on the planet that doesn't like the Beastie Boys.
2: Well, My I mom know.
1: likes the Beastie Boys.
2: I don't, I don't have a license. <laughs> to My there. mom
1: likes Celine Dion and the Beastie Boys, and that's <laughs> it. Yeah.
2: Well, that fucking voice, man, it's annoying as shit.
1: There's three of them.
2: <laughs> whoever says it, Mike D, whoever it is, sounds like a fucking castrated... Mike D, come and rock the sure shot. All right, come on. And then, uh number one bottom three artist this is uh we just talked about how much we like music, and this is really gonna just make my argument invalid uh, least favorite band is the Beatles,
1: oh, I knew you were gonna say that, yeah, they um, just
2: it's they're not that good, and.
1: I can't really agree with you on that. I think that they get overplayed a lot, and I, I go through phases where I don't like them as much. But I, I like, I like the Beatles. I have to.
2: The best thing that happened to the Beatles was Danger Mouse. <laughs> that's the best thing that happened. <laughs> oh, that's sac- they put Jay Z on the track. I'm serious. Fuck the Beatles, and fuck you for telling me the White Album's good. So fuck you. Me. No. I didn't tell you that. You, you who says the dudes uh, are good, the generic you
1: man. Maria's, well, Maria's not gonna be happy with you.
2: Well this is the this is for you, Maria. I'm counting up my change right now, just so you know, I haven't forgot about that fifty dollars I owe you. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm serious. We got yeah, rolled true. up pennies. I'm saving up my rolled up pennies to spend more on the pennies to mail you than actual fifty bucks. But I'm going <laughs> to spite you, and I'm surprised we haven't gotten any. Oh well, this isn't a live show. Shit, we're going to get a lot of emails tomorrow about me saying the Beatles suck. So hey, don't even send me an email because I'm just going to respond. Fuck you.
1: He can't. If he, if he says this sort of stuff, you just can't. You can't get through to him.
2: So <laughs> I know. I'm in thick just, denial uh, I don't care how many bands they influence because the I, bands they influence are better than them.
1: Oh man, I ha, I like the Beatles. I can't I can't get with you on that. All right,
2: well, I don't want to hold your hand, so let okay. go. Uh, What's uh, we're gonna let's do top three concerts? All right, you want me to go first? I'll, I'll do it since I went second last time. Can go for it. Um, number three. On um, my top three concerts was actually one of the more recent concerts I've been to. It was one of the last concerts I went to when I lived in Knoxville. Was TV on the Radio? Yeah. Um, I had never heard of the band um, until about two months before I went to see the band, and um, <laughs> it was one of these times where you you listen to a band and you like you don't understand how you lived before you listen to them. And uh, that's how much they impacted me at that time. I really, really fucking loved them when I got all their CDs. And that's all I listened to for two months, literally. And then I got to go see him live. And it was just one of those where, like, the energy was up. And I was with somebody that really – I was with the guy that turned me on to the band. So that was cool. and um, And it was really – I'm still self-conscious about saying I hate the Beatles. Anyways uh, – <laughs> Fuck it. I don't have to apologize. Mm-hmm. The, um, so it was just really, it was just one of those, I mean, it was a great show of a band that I was like at my peak of really, really liking them. And I actually ran into them before the show started. And I'm, I'm the type of person that like, I'm not going to call you out if you're like, you know, I've, I've, you know, I mean, like I ran into like Robin Williams and Terrence Howard or whatever the, that guy's name is in Central Park in New York when they were filming a movie And lots of people started, like, I recognized who they were before, like, other people did. And then all of a sudden it was just, like, waves of people trying, like, getting pictures with them and getting their autograph and that kind of stuff. But it's like I I didn't do that, you know? I just don't, like, what the fuck, you know? Like, what what good does that do me or them to do that? But these guys were were, um, sitting outside at this, eating dinner at this outdoor cafe that I was going to eat at. And I, I recognized them. I was like, holy shit. And they look at me and I was like, hey, thanks for coming to Knoxville. And went on in, you know, like that's like, but it was really cool, you know, to do yeah. that. But it really wasn't even their decision to come to Knoxville anyways. You know, it was probably yeah. the managers. Anyway. They were like, we're you know, in
1: Knoxville? Where the fuck are we?
2: Yeah. Number two show was uh, my first, uh, <laughs> my first string cheese. Oh,
1: <laughs> God. Your argument is invalid.
2: <laughs> the, the first strange Jesus the show I ever went to was with um, Papo and Delaney. And they uh, came in from out of town, and we went to this show together. And the three of us, uh, we were all dressed real funky, and we had some seats in the middle of this theater. But as soon as the lights went out, we stood up and ran down to the front. And we had our own little zone there. And the thing about that was that usually, you know, we talked about it. In the front, you get pushed up against. But we were dancing so much and so, like, very outrageously dancing the entire time that not once did we get pushed or nudged or nobody even tried to come near us.
1: <laughs> well, and to be fair, you're three hefty dudes. Uh...
2: Yeah, we were big guys, and we had a lady – tap uh she tapped Popo on the back of the shoulder um and had us turn around and said you guys need to go on the road with fish and dance and that's how you can support yourselves <laughs> like people will want to pay to see you dance cuz papo can move his hips as well as myself and it was the the funny thing was about halfway through the show they're looking at me and they're like you know like trying to talk about the show and that kind of stuff and i had not told them but I yet but I had never even listened to one String Cheese Incident song before <laughs> in my life and I went it, but it was great it was real fun really good music and that's what got me into the band I I listened to the band now anyways um and then the number one concert I think I ever went to um was when I was much younger <laughs> I was in about 4th grade
0: <laughs> what? And,
2: Uh It was an M.C. Hammer concert. (laughs) uh, great.
1: M.C. Hammer's hot again. He's hip again.
2: Well, Boys to Men opened up for M.C. Hammer.
1: No way. I would straight go to see Boys to Men right
2: now. I would, too. I would, Boys to Men, ABC, DVD. Woo. So it was a hot lineup. And I tell you this, M.C. Hammer, on his entrance, okay – was in a glass sphere coming down from the roof of the Coliseum, dancing in his unbuttoned jacket and his hammer pants to a song. And he was just descending <laughs> like a, a god coming down to the stage and danced out of the ball and got into like whatever, you know, it was probably too legit, too legit to quit. Hey, hey, too legit. So it was good. It was he played the Adams Family song and I had I had all his tapes when I yeah. when, when I was a kid. Have you seen him? Tell me, have you seen her? <laughs> <laughs> <Ba-da-da>, <laughs> you, that, so, yeah, she's yeah. on my mind. Yeah, so
1: yeah, I, I'd uh, go see MC Hammer right now, Tay. I'd be honest. I guess
0: yeah.
2: It was, I remember he, I had never been to a well I'd been to one I had been to a New Kids on the Block concert when oh, it was really awesome. <laughs> and they're hot too now. Um uh, but yeah. I went I went uh but my uh, but that was like the second concert I ever went to and um it was the first concert I went to where I really liked the band cuz New Kids on the Block was more for my sister than it was for me. But um I um no. So you admitted
1: like four things in this show that you should never admit to anybody, <laughs> not not just me to anybody, not certainly not on a podcast.
2: <laughs> Ain't nobody listening. The, dude so, I went
1: yeah. to, the dudes I went to middle school with, they, a lot of them went to see uh, New Kids on the Block, and I just kind of snickered, said, uh, suckers." Uh, I'll, I'll remember this for all time.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm talking
1: to you, John McKibben
2: <laughs> You went
1: to see it, and you went to you tried to get to the end of their hotel to see them. Buddy. The, uh
2: the my mom told me I was literally I was seriously in like fourth grade or whatever and I was such a nerd. My mom told me in the car on the way home from like karate practice that we were going to that concert that night and it was like a gift. And yes. I, yeah, we were at a red light. In the car, I rolled the window down. I yelled at all the other cars, I'm going to see MC Hammer tonight. <laughs> the
1: MC Hammer concert, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh. That's, that's probably, I mean, I had a lot of fun <laughs> at that concert. He brought his little nephew out, and they were dancing the same dance.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hammer's got a new reality show. It's supposed to be pretty good.
2: Hammer time. Hammer
1: time. I follow him on Twitter. I can. It cannot understand a damn thing he says.
2: They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, live how they want to live, play how they want to play. <laughs> oh, God.
1: Stop it. Just
2: stop it. Adam Adam's family. Adam's too legit.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, if anybody was listening, they are not anymore.
2: Oh, no way. No way. Did that just happen? So, what about you? <laughs> how do I follow
1: that up? <laughs> Oh, okay. Uh number three, it's not nearly as spectacular as M C Hammer cream <laughs> Cheese incident. But, um <laughs> my th- number three is uh the Smashing Pumpkins when they came to play in Asheville. They played two uh they played a residency for like over a period of two weeks. They played like ten shows. Um this was two summers ago, I guess. Yep. It was real exclusive as that one of probably my favorite venue in the world, the Orange Peel, uh in Asheville which is a really cool smoke-free venue. Um, and nice place to see a show cuz pretty much anywhere in the house you can see really well. Mm-hmm. And uh it was a really exclusive show, hard to get tickets to, sold out immediately. Somehow I got tickets to two shows and uh one of them I took a girl with um who m- broke up with me later. But um the other show was uh, uh the, the other show I took you to. Yep. And, I don't know, I had a good time. I, it wasn't the full band, it was basically Billy Corgan and Jimmy Chamberlain, but it was pretty awesome to see them that close up and in that setting, and it, it had a feeling of being really kind of exclusive. And
2: Billy Corgan is a monster. What do you he mean? Is, he, I have never seen somebody that big in my entire life. Oh
1: yeah, he is like this big gangly he is creature. A with,
2: big googly eye freak.
1: Yeah, but they were uh, they they put on a good show. A lot of people have criticized those shows apparently because they didn't play their old stuff, but they played a, a lot of music. They
2: played today.
1: Yeah, they did. They did. They, I I was plenty happy with all the songs they played, and they played a lot. They played for like three hours, I think, and um, they played a couple songs that they wrote during that week and stuff. It was just kind of neat because they were playing around with a lot of different songs and.
2: The- I really appreciated the fact that they allowed any type of recording device in.
1: Yeah, that was really cool that you could record it on the video or however you want to record it. And I actually have all the shows, uh, the bootlegs, all the shows.
2: Yeah, uh, and you, you gave me the copies of the, of the show that we went to. And I actually, that was one of my random picks out of my CD case last week. Sweet man, yeah, I, That's like actually good.
1: some pretty good recordings of the shows. I I love getting the recording of the show that I've gone to. Yeah, um, it's kind of cool to have that record. Uh, that's one of the benefits of the digital age, I think.
2: Yeah, as actually as I told you that nobody could sell their tickets for fish, I sold a ticket uh, for fish to <laughs> Jim Halpert, Mike O. Yeah, um, for a copy of the show.
1: Oh, uh, that's cool.
2: Yeah, he's gonna mail yeah. me the the CDs.
1: It's uh it, it's cool to have that record of the show that you've seen. Um second on my list is uh the Nice Nails James Addiction show that I saw. And that may be because it was fresh on my mind, but it was it was just awesome. Nice Nails puts on a Trent Reznor's uh, I don't know, he's just a really talented dude and I really like him a lot, respect him and
2: Tell me what he was wearing though. He was
1: wearing <laughs> He was wearing shorts. Trent Reznor's not supposed to wear shorts. They weren't like cool shorts either. They were kind of lame wearing shorts. It just yeah. kind of broke my perception of him. But it was hot as hell, so I don't what really is, blame him.
2: Wasn't he wearing combat boots too, Yeah, man? he was
1: wearing shorts and combat boots.
2: So he had like five inches of leg showing?
1: Yeah, and he was still sweating like a pig, just sweating profusely. But yeah, Trent Reznor, don't wear shorts, man.
2: That's the thing about concerts, though. Every time you leave a concert, you're like, that's the best concert I've ever been to.
1: Right. I've yeah. been
2: to, like, 120 concerts or something. I've saved all my concert tickets. Like, yeah, you save too. your movie yeah. tickets.
0: Yeah.
2: And um and I was pulling them. I was, like, packing them. And I was like, holy shit, I've been to a lot of concerts. and But every time I leave, I'm like, that's got to be the best concert I've been to.
1: Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that one may, that one may fall off a little bit as time goes on, but because it, like, meant a lot to me, too. It was just cool. And Jane's Addiction was just awesome. Um, and number one was the first time I saw you 2 uh, which was at the Pop Mart Tour, at, in Clemson, South Carolina, at the stadium, the Clemson Stadium, Death yeah. Valley Stadium, I guess. And that was just awesome because it was like, like I was a
2: re- football stadium?
1: Yeah. It was at the football stadium.
2: Really? They sold out, like, was it?
1: Yeah, it was sold out. It was huge, man. It was a big show. Um, they hadn't yeah. played in a while, and they hadn't played in South Carolina in a long time. Um, and Rage Against the Machine opened up for them.
2: Holy shit. Yeah.
1: Uh DJ Shadow, before, no, nobody really even knew who DJ, DJ Shadow was. Um, and uh then following him was uh, Rage Against the Machine, right before they broke up, I think. Um, and we After got there. Battle
2: of Los Angeles?
1: No, nah, I guess it was before that. It was ninety seven. It was ninety seven, so I don't know when yeah, they broke no. up. It
2: was in between Evil Empire and Battle of Los Angeles. Okay.
1: I'm not a huge rage fan, but I was I'm I'm proud to say that I saw them back then. Yeah, they were sure. awesome.
2: Fucking um, riot breaking out, I'm sure. Nobody was there. Nobody was there for Rage Against the Machine.
1: Fuck me. There was like two people in the stadium, seriously. They were,
2: they were busy listening to the Beatles.
1: yeah in the parking lot but uh the rage was awesome and then youtube was just awesome i loved that they had these huge video screens for that show and uh i don't know it was just awesome to be able to see it and it it felt like a real tiny show even though it was a huge stadium show and the best part was i got to go with uh one of my best friends from high school ben and uh my buddy p-dog who you've met yeah and it was p-dog's birthday and it was just a cool show and I don't know, they came out in this giant disco ball lemon for the encore, and I don't know, it was awesome. Uh, Sort of honorable mention on the same tip is for uh, the U2 show I saw in Tampa on the last tour because we got picked to go down front, and I was about 10 feet away from them for the whole show.
2: Right next to this bitch right here.
1: Yeah, exactly. I really was. Yeah, Yeah, I had to threaten to kill some college uh, girls.
2: I'd say honorable mention for me was... um... Going to see G Love and Special Sauce at, in Knoxville. Cause that, that was a band that I like. Not really. That was a band that I got from being at camp that nobody else in Knoxville really listened to or liked. And not too many people really got into them like when I brought it back or whatever. It wasn't like that. But it was like I l- had listened to them for like, I don't know, eight years and owned all the CDs and everything like that and really liked G Love. I think he's a cool, talented dude. He's got his own like YouTube channel where, like, he'll, like, just set up shop somewhere. Like, he was in front of the Notre Dame or whatever and just set his camera down and started playing a song into the camera. Nobody really recognized him. He had his hood on, that kind of thing. He does stuff like that. Yeah. And Yeah. Uh, but, but so after having listened to him for so long, and I missed out the last time, this is a trip, the last time that they were in Knoxville before that was the uh, three days before I turned 18. And I was at um I was seeing Leftover Salmon at a free concert Whoa, downtown yes. and he came on and played harmonica for their encore and they were like, Yeah, G Love's gonna be down at you know, at whatever it was, it was called uh Blue Cats, because um, it the the club is closed now, but um he's gonna be at Blue Cats and I was it was three days before I was eighteen, I couldn't get in. Oh. And um and then you know like five six years later they come back through town and I got to go see him. and the venue is only like I don't know it was maybe five hundred people there and it was all standing room only and um so it was cool it was up close and personal. I,
1: the two times I've gone to see G Love he canceled both times and I actually went to the show and he just didn't come. Um, wow. That one time was at Share in Asheville and to replace yeah. him they put a Craven Mellon on. Awesome. And that was. The awful. Side <laughs> left. Um, I was disappointed that I didn't get to see him, but alright, uh top three albums. We're 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 reaching the end. Yeah, we're at the two and a half hour mark. Um are we? Yeah. Uh top three Hell albums. Yeah. Yeah. You wanted the get show. You so. So you, gonna, you so? People are gonna complain this week. Just stop listening. Just stop listening whenever you want, and that's how long the show is for you. Yeah. Um okay. Top three albums. Uh, number three is, uh, Who's Next by The Who. And these are personally top three. I'm not saying these are greatest albums of all time. Right. They're, they're my now, top three.
2: Now, time out. How do you, is this, you can listen to this CD over and over and over and never get tired of it, or is it, you don't necessarily listen to it all the time, but you think it is one of the top three ever? These are
1: basically the th- Three album, three of the albums that I can listen to every song and not skip. Okay. Um, not quite so much Who's Next, um, but it has enough of the stuff that makes me like the Who on it. It's got a, it has Bob O'Reilly on it, which yeah. I love that song and uh Won't Get Fooled Again, and several other songs. Um, just one of okay. my favorites. Um Okay. That album played a big part in the movie Summer of Sam, which I really like a lot too. And kind of cool. Um, to some of their songs in that movie. Um, number two is Siamese Dream by the Smashing Pumpkins.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: My favorite Smashing Pumpkins album. And I can listen to every single song on that album and never get tired of it. And number one is Oktune Baby by U2, which was the first U2 album I got. Really the first album that I bought on my own from anybody. Mm. And I still love that album. still my favorite. Nice. Boom.
2: For me, uh, AT Aliens And it's pretty much the same Like, these Well, these not only represent Like a huge part of my life But also Albums that I can listen to all the way through Never get tired of yeah. Not skip a single track You know, it's not that I listen to them all the time It's just that, the oh yeah, that's on Okay, that's fine And it stays in the CD player for a week Yeah, yeah. Um, a t aliens by uh, outcast and um you know i 've already talked about that um, number two um, is graceland by paul simon it mm, 's a good album too oh. it is yeah it used to be my number one um, and yeah. it's all it 's always been in the top three it 's never left the top three for me um and that actually my stepdad um had the tape. Oh, uh, yeah. And that was um, that was what we listened to in the car all the time, because like, everything else that he had like I didn't like or whatever, whatever so I'd always ask him to put that tape in, and that's when I first, like, you know, that was my exposure, like, you know, kind of like worldly music. It's not entirely worldly, but he did go to, you know, I mean, he went to Africa and to South Africa, and then he went down to the Bayou in Louisiana and got a bunch of, different musicians. I mean, that's where Lady Smith, you know, Black Mambazu got on to an, a big album, you know, and, and got yeah. real famous off of that. So it's good, good, good music. Um, and then number one album, the, the only perfect album ever made.
0: <laughs> wow, wow.
2: It is perfect in every way. And, um, it's just a miracle that it happened is Van Morrison's Astral Weeks. Um, wow. And, you know, those songs on that album are not the most popular Van Morrison songs. And I'm not even saying I only like his old stuff, because I know it was earlier. I don't know if it was his first CD. I don't think it was. I think it was his second CD. But, like, oh, fuck, it just fuck, it floors me. And he actually went on tour this past year just to play that CD. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and so there's uh, a live release a live recording um of of him and the band playing all the way through that cd but there's a little bit of improvisation in the different songs or whatever mainly with him and the way he's singing and like um he goes off on like like free verse and shit like that and a couple of the songs is like I don't know. It's, the dude is real weird. <laughs> He's it's like, pretty oh, weird. weird.
1: That album's pretty highly regarded by a lot of people. I, I'm not. I don't I'm not well versed enough in Van Morrison. I like I said. I think last week when I was mentioning what I was listening to, I really like that song. It's all over now, baby blue, which was written by Bob Dylan. But I really like his version of that.
2: The um, I think that any person that likes music period that just enjoys music like even the person that really enjoys heavy metal i think could probably listen to this album and like and be cool with it it's like know?
1: it seems to me like his music is that kind of music you could just put on in a room and people would be happy about it you just yeah. put it on while you're doing other stuff or cooking dinner or something or having people over and it's just music well just have playing
2: it's not just that though not for me well, I'm not,
1: I'm not limiting that to that. I'm just saying it's like one of those, he's one of those artists that you can just, you, you don't have to worry about people not liking it or something. Right,
2: you know? yeah, like, yeah, right. Play, yeah.
1: You know? like, yeah. It, it, it can be background music if you want it to be.
2: Totally. Just be Appropriate like, for any situation. Yeah. That album especially because it's not too overwhelming like like if you put brown eyed girl on people are gonna be like oh my god yeah right? it's yeah. not you're not gonna find brown eyed girl or anything that even closely resembles it on this album yeah so um jeez, louise well it's been a long podcast and not hardly any of it was that funny but it is the music episode and this is i only like their old stuff and it's so the title comes from this and I think a lot of it is us trying not to take ourselves too seriously, but being that guy ourselves. <laughs>
1: yeah, this is our yeah. chance to be that guy ourselves. So. Yeah. You asked for the music episode, damn it, so here you go. So everybody, send your email complaints in, and I'll file them in the garbage okay. can with the rest of the suggestions. and
2: Apologies. On, so. Go to um, Mr. Columbia for not mentioning Biggie. And you I mean, just there- did. Somebody else had asked us to mention some band, and I can't remember. Oh, oh, it was um, it was Dustin down in uh, Houston, Texas, wanted us to talk about Jack White, who's in three uh, successful yeah. bands, and I, although he is talented, he's real good. And I've actually have been listening to some raconteurs tours lately. Um, it's very specific for me. I got to be in a specific mood to listen. to I that. like the White Stripes. Yeah, good. Yeah. I like Meg White. Yeah. <laughs> well,
1: there you go. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to drop a Biggie reference when you were talking about your tape breaking.
2: <laughs> and there's some.
1: And then, and then juicy. There's something about till my tape.
2: Pop. Uh, I let my tape rock till my tape pop.
1: Yeah, there's yeah. one for you, Mikey.
2: There you go. <sighs> I feel good.
1: Yeah, I think that this one's really gonna. Put us over the top Yeah it's gonna put us
2: Over the top Bunch of assholes Talking about How they hate the Beatles
1: (laughs) Three hour podcast
2: Three hour podcast New York City
1: As if we force people To listen For the whole three hours Mm. You know You could Break it up Into multiple sittings Save it For the week That inevitably We miss again Oh that's not gonna happen Yeah it is No it's not I'm taking next week off I'm going on vacation
2: People are gonna pay, the friends of ours that listen to this while they're at work, they're going to reach this point and be like, holy shit, it's time for lunch.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> this is a whole morning's worth of entertainment. Actually, we are going to miss a few weeks. Well, you could do it without me, but I'm not going to be here because I'm going to be in Spain, Portugal, actually, uh, end of July
2: for two weeks. Well, I'll have a series of guests on. Yeah, bring some guests on. Yep, I've already got one in mind, so. There you go. He's my backup in case you ever quit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's always good to have that. Yeah, Plan B. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Well, uh, email what us What a sick
2: name for that pill, Plan B. Whoops.
1: Oh God, that's terrible.
2: <laughs> well, why did you I just mean, bring that, that up have... for it? I don't know. I just popped it in my come... head. <laughs> God, I'm
1: so tired right now.
2: <laughs> it's one thirty. I feel 1:30. like it's you better five. A. Call up Kevin on Kevin DeLeon. get this posted right away, Kevin. Get this up, Kevin. It's Monday, technically. Wake I'm not up.
1: gonna be able to do the show notes until tomorrow. There's no way I can do it tonight.
2: Are you kidding? Go ahead and stop. Gotta recording. go to bed, man. What do you? What you? Why? You don't. Because I'm tired. Morning. More noon, neighbor.
1: Well, I got stuff to do tomorrow. I told you we needed to record early if we're gonna record tomorrow. All right. Well, email us and shit.
2: Later, <laughs> Email us at I only like your old stuff At gmail.com You can follow us on Twitter Twitter backslash IOLTOS Or you can listen to us uh, Either on iTunes Search for I only like your old stuff Or on our website I only like your old stuff I only like your old stuff I only like your old stuff I said it three times fast
1: Okay, and hit up kevindeleonphotography.com for our webmaster site. He's got some new photos up. They're pretty good. Later. Pictures of me. Yeah, you wish.
0: <laughs> Is it getting better? Or do you feel the same?